The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 50 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We are finally back to wrap up the 2020 MXGP series. We'll break down just about everything over the next couple of hours. We have the Leah Ask Vice Anything segment, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week, and the Even Strokes Are You Smarter Than a Bird game as well. There's a lot to listen to. The MX Vice Show podcast is brought to you by Fly Racing, Leah, Planet Motor Holidays, Prop Racing Parks, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB7, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. The first part of the MX5 show is presented by our friends over at Fly Racing, who continue to push forward in all areas. The Formula Helmet is proof of that. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Visit formula.flyracing.com for more. We'll be announcing the winner of the Fly Racing Formula Helmet on MX Vice later in the show, so you can keep listening to see if you're a lucky winner. More competitions will be coming soon. There's uh, plenty of competitions coming up. And uh, it'll be interesting. Lewis is going to be walking away with that Formula helmet. Yeah, I've got the old uh, ticker right in front of me. So Ooh. I've actually played around with it enough now where pretty much every single person's had a different chance of winning it. So I kind of fucked everyone over. But Oh, okay. So I, I just keep. I just made it. I spent. It probably took me an hour to put all everyone into a random generator, and I've just been clicking it over and over just to see who it is each time. <laughs> well, I don't really. I don't really know. I don't where, where, should I ask where the fun is in, in that? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just interested to see who it who it plucks each time. So you kind of just on number generator, just like uh, you're not going to win it. You're not going to win it. No, because it'll be gonna... random. So I've re- I refreshed it as well. So like before we did this, I cancelled it and I reloaded it. So it's not going to care what I've clicked before. It's all random. It's spinning in front of me right now. I don't know when we're doing it, but I've got it ready. Okay, this is exciting. I yeah. like this. Okay. Um, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How, but most importantly, how are you? i I, I got to be honest. It was life or death. Uh, the man flu was bad. Um, it... it it was like imagine like the seriousness of coronavirus, and then like worse. So uh, when I was speaking to Donald Trump, he, he said his doctor said it was the most uh, the worst uh, virus he's ever seen in the history of viruses ever. So um, that's you know from his own doctors. So it's that bad. You you got a corona test and it was negative, but I am still convinced you had it. No one no one is ill. For a week and a half with like normal cold or flu, like no one is no one is in bed for a week and a half 
ill. We're like that's. Uh, I'm. I'm still convinced you have. You did have COVID. Well, yeah, I've had. I don't know how many tests I've had now, but yeah, all said negative. So, well, you um, had multiple COVID tests. Well, I've had them like since uh, Lommel, haven't I? So, well, I think Lommel a month ago really counts. Well, that's two. Um, but I think I had the same thing last year. So I think it's a yearly man flu I get this time of year. And I reckon it's because, uh, and my wife pointed this out to me, is this time last year we just bought back MX Vice from Pierce. So I went through quite a, a stressful, traumatic period. And we went to Eichmann. I remember getting back from Eichmann and just kind of like sitting down and just thinking, like, phew, we've done it. And then because I took my foot off the pedal, I got ill. And then literally we just finished the, you know, Lomwell MXGP and, and everything else. Well, not I I finished it, you hadn't. But I kind of like made that, you know, of oh, okay. And I think that's what it was. Soon as I take a sigh or a step back, that's it. Flu comes. Well, it sounds like you need to have a quiet word with yourself. Yeah, I know. I feel like a right letdown. But um today is actually the first day um that I feel better. I went to Tesco's yesterday, funny story. Uh, just done some shopping and then went to sleep for five hours, as you do. So um, still still not 100%, but, you know, I've made it for the podcast show. Well, yeah, we have missed two weeks and that is solely down to you. So I don't know if you want to apologize to everyone. Yeah, I just want to apologize to everybody. Every man out there uh, who's had flu will know what I was going through last week. Um, it's a bit of a shame because I've got a house full of women who uh, obviously didn't step up to the mark, I would like to say. I mean, they're okay, okay but uh, I think I may have had breakfast in bed just once. So I just think a lot more could have been done. I have three adult women and one eight-year-old, all women, you know, who their, their maternal instincts would come in and look after me, but nope, just get on with it. I feel like you'd struggle with a full GP season. I'd, I'd struggle with my life being normal at the moment, let alone check in a GP season. Now, honestly, the, the year I done in, in uh, well, last year, was it last year? Yeah, yeah last you year. only did like three months. Of, like you start, no, you, you, um, you made it to the first weekend in May. So effectively you did two months of a full GP season. Yeah, but um, as well as the other GPs, which I, I, I done after that, you have got to add in the 16 trips to Sweden I done. That's true. So um, that year, actually, I think a piece of me died. So, um, yeah. No, I get, what you, I get what you're saying with the whole side thing, because like, when I got back from Trentino and, like, realised that I didn't have to get on a plane, because uh, it was something like 13 GPs in six weeks or something. When I realised that the season was over, I literally, like, I sighed, and then all of the energy went out of my body, because I was just like, like, my body was like, and done. Did you cry a little bit as well? I, I'm not going to lie; it's been a week and it's rough, but I just need to get—I just need to get used to it again. Like I need to get used to the fact that there isn't races again. Have you started counting down to um, the new season or not yet? Uh, I think it's 137 days. Okay, okay, yeah, so 136 you have. now actually. That's exciting. Okay, uh, and what are your plans for this winter period? I don't know. Are you still waiting on um, the president to open the borders? Well, I can go to. Me- Apparently, I can get into America if I go to. Mexico for two weeks first, and like ah, that does okay. sound amazing. Like two weeks in Cancun and then California, yeah, I'll do that. But also Cancun's quite expensive, and also it's a bit of a palaver in it because like I'm although I, although multiple people have told me I can go to Mexico and then get into America, I'm not yeah. really 
sure how that works. Also, if your uh, moustache grows back, they're never going to let you back in because they'll just think you're a uh, uh, Mexican. I'm just not sure, like what I'm not sure what makes the difference where customs go. Oh, you're British. We're actually um, we're actually shut. Uh, we're not. We're not accepting people from you. Oh wait, you've been in Mexico for two weeks. Come. Like, I don't really understand the difference, but yeah. I'm, I'm oh, give I've, it, I've give got it a finger on that button, like hovering over that button, whether I need to or not. I don't know. Uh, are you going to get anybody else to go to Cancun with you, or are you going on your own? Oh, I haven't really thought that far is. I did see earlier that Cancun are paying people to, um, like, go. Cancun, Cancun, everyone, they will pay for an additional two hotel nights for every two nights that you stay there. And also, if you bring a friend, their flight will be covered. Wow. I'm not, I, but I'm not sure how I apply for this. Like, sold. Is, have you got this off a lab bible again? No, this is on um, an account called King Credit. Yeah, that sounds dodgy it's as terrified. well. It's terrified. That's nice for him. But no, people are paying to get tourists back, aren't they? So I'll go, I'll have some of that. Fuck me. All right, then. Well, go on then. I'm just not sure how you apply. Like, I'm not sure. Like, when I'm booking a hotel, do I go, oh, I'm, on, I'm doing the thing I saw on Facebook? Well, does it not actually say? So they basically said, this is what's happening, but we're not going to give... that. that uh, you're a journalist. Surely this is not like raised any flags or anything. That's like saying, "Oh, come to come to the UK and we'll give you a motocross bike," but then have no links to nothing or any any other news. The comments say that the program is starting in the middle of de- December. So I don't know. I don't guess. I guess they'll make a link for people like me soon. I don't know. Well, maybe get on that. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to Oman. <laughs> you're looking forward to Oman. I've I honestly I've never I'd never heard of Oman. And I still can't even say that I've never said I haven't actually said the words out loud. I've only typed them. And even now saying Oman, it does not sound like a country. <laughs> You've actually been in Amman, haven't you? Have you had you heard of Oman before? Uh yes. Oh okay. yeah. Um have you have you scoped out for shopping malls and go-karting yet? Um I can tell you that it's a four hour drive from Dubai. Okay. So, um, I can tell you that. I can tell you that I, I Googled um, last night. I was looking into it again. And I just Googled, is Oman safe? Because you, you got, you've got to go back to basics at some point. You've got to just start from the very beginning. And Google told me that Oman is one of the Middle East's safest countries, uh, despite, despite its volatile location, which is often in news headlines around the, on, around the world. Oman is a very friendly and safe place to travel. So I look forward to that. Excellent. It does tell me that there is petty crime on the streets. So Oof. so obviously that's going to be the, the kickoff of the new GP calendar. Yep. Oh, 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 man. Oh, man. And you are a big fan of Qatar. I mean, I'm not going to love... Well, four hours away from Dubai. If, if some of the projects that we're kind of trying to, trying to confirm for next year come off, I feel like it would be quite cool getting an MXGP rider in the middle of Dubai for the kickoff of said project. Oh, okay. Mm. But yeah, I'm just, no, it's all right, isn't it? It's, uh, I've got some thoughts on the calendar. Uh, I mean, we weren't going to start with the calendar, but you, should we talk about the calendar? Let's do it. Um, it's, I, I guess this is one of those times where you say, let's do it, and I should just crack <laughs> Well, you said I have got some faults. Okay, I just thought you would. I would just like to add, I haven't got any faults. Okay, so uh, you you crack on. Okay, well, because let's face it, the calendar that's 
that's come out, it's going to be, it's not going to look like that, is it? I don't know. Oh. Because if you look at it, right, one, like, every, uh, the biggest um, bugbear that I've had to get off, that I want to get off my chest, is a few people have said, oh my God, how, have, how is the season going from April to November? How can they start in April, but still not manage to finish until November? But if you look, there's only two races in April and two in May. So it's quite clear that although it started in April, it's not, it's kind of like a soft launch. Like we're not starting in April with full steam, like smashing out GPs. It's quite clear to me, looking at this calendar, that April and May are there to get it as a soft launch. But really, MXGP as we know it isn't going to start until June because that's where you start to have back to back GPs and blah, 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 blah. So from this calendar, I feel as though in front are hedging their bets a little bit. And like, look at it like this. Uh, Oman is in the Middle East. As far as I can tell, the Middle East is quite fast and loose with COVID rules, I think. I've seen stuff look like Dubai is pretty much normal. Can you vouch for this? Uh, no, we got some customers in Qatar and they've had coronavirus, so I don't yeah, but really want to... I'm not arguing whether it's a thing there, but um, I believe, I, I, as far as I can tell, the Middle East is quite fast and loose. And then the second round is Italy, which again, we know we can do Italy. We've just done it a million times. So the reason we're ending in November is because we're not really properly starting until June with our normality. So so basically, they've tried to be sensible and preempt anything happening with COVID. Because I think everybody listens to the news and thinks, oh, we're all going to take um, an injection and, we're, and the world's going to go back to how it was in, in probably February. Yeah, like it's just clear, it's just quite clear that, like, because otherwise April would have three GPs in four weeks if it was normal. But it's quite clear that we are slowly going to be kicking this thing off. Yeah, I'd never heard of Oman. Um, still not too familiar with it. It's next to Yemen, which I'd never heard of. Yemen. That. I'd never heard of that really either. Um, yeah. But yeah, I could see Oman happening for the reasons that I said. Um, they obviously, they're all quite into their motorsport over there. Qatar works. They're fast and loose with the COVID rules. I could, I, although everyone thinks this calendar is going to change massively, I think right now I would bet that we are in Oman on 3rd April. I'm only just going from previous years. In, in previous years, whenever the calendars come out, it's, it's changed, changed you know, quite a bit. And, and obviously with COVID, you know, things could change quite drastically. So. Uh, when I initially seen it, seen the calendar, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I wouldn't, eat, I would take that with a pinch of salt. It's kind of they've put out a calendar to give teams, riders, fans an idea of uh, what's going to happen and what the budget is going to be required. That's that's my opinion. I look forward to live tweeting in Oman because there's a lot of ways to go with those tweets. Okay, do you want to do you want to expand on that? Well, like Oman, Gertz just crashed again. Etc. Etc. Like that's terrible. It's not. It's uh, well. I've got six months to work on it. So, but there's all there's many um, ways to go with it. Uh, I was surprised that there are as many flyaways as there are because I was told, or the general consensus in the paddock was that um, the furthest we would be going is Russia and Turkey. So I am surprised at the amount of flyaways. Um, 
not surprised that Imola got the Nations because I heard like six months ago that Majora had the rights to the Nations, but Imola was bidding to take them off of Majora, so I guess they won. Okay. How does that work then? I'm not sure in that situation. And the thing, the biggest confusion I have from this calendar is where's Majora gone? Well, it's just disappeared. It's gone. It came back like, oh, Majora's back. It's going to be amazing. And now it's just disappeared again. Like, I don't really understand where it's gone. Yeah. Like, I really, that's the one thing that's like on my mind where I'm like, well, where? where?" Because um, the first Italy is a TBA, obviously. But I think that will be Trentino. I got to be honest. I love the nations and I've been every year, as we all know, I keep talking about on the podcast show, but I don't, I don't know about Imola. I, there's not one part of me that wants to go to Imola. Yeah, but I don't know because when you think about it, has it got a massive hillside that fans can sit on? Yes. Has it got a little bit of specialness about it? Obviously with it being a Formula One circuit? Yes. Can they completely start from scratch with that track and make something better? Yes. Like, so those are three good things. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Imola. I've said it before. That place has kicked our ass over the years. Yeah, I could just imagine. It's like it's like the perfect storm could happen next year. If I'm looking for f- positives, it's that they can actually just re- they they can start from scratch with that track, and I'd imagine it will be bigger and better. They're not just. Go- I'm, I'd probably bet that they're not just going to build the GP track again. Although, obviously, the GP in 2019 was the same in GP 2018, but still, this is a nation. I think I think they've made a bit of a faux pas because um, I, I don't think the Nations is the biggest event in the world for motocross. I think that track, um, and get, you know, we've had a lot of issues there. Loads of people's had loads of, loads of issues there with like stuff getting nicked and, and God knows what else. I can't see many fans traveling there. No, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's Italy. Lots of fans will travel there. And you've got to think there will be people who want to go for the sake of it being the Formula One track and seeing the um, Ayrton Senna statue and stuff. Like people will, people will want to go for the kind of bucket list. Oh, it's cool that I saw that thing. I don't think. What, that's why are they getting a wallet nicked? Yeah, but no, but you're just you're going off of the fact that the us the media had stuff stolen. People, people, someone else got their. I know, I know a media person that had their stuff stolen in Trentino two years ago. You love Trent. Like, you're just, just because we had stuff stolen doesn't mean everyone's going to have stuff stolen. Yeah, Trent, Trentino's nice though. We were in Fienza this year and it's literally 10 minutes down the road from Imola and it was fine. Like, you're, that's ridiculous to bring that up. But, um, yeah, I, is it my first choice? No. Could, no. Do I, do I, it, it wouldn't even be in my top 10. No, it wouldn't be in anyone's. But do I? Will I? Or top fifty judgment until I see what the track's going to be like. Yes, because I, if I'd I, rather have the nations at Burrington Coombe than Imola. Well, if I if I see that the track's the same as the GP, then I'll be like, oh, that's terrible. But I'll reserve judgment until I see that because I hope that it will be bigger and better. Um, or the old Toghill track, top of Bath. You got the picnic area, bit of dogging at night. Perfect. Obviously, people are, people are complaining again about it being in the middle of the season, but by all accounts, 2022, fingers crossed, if everything is normal, we will go back to March to September, uh, 
calendar. So this is just another COVID thing that's got to happen, I guess. Yeah, they're just being sensible. And although when I first saw it, I did think to myself, well, could we not run the nations in Spain in the middle of November? Because um, we were there at the end of October this year and it was great weather. Like, But then I thought, well, that just rules out America completely and all of the American-based riders, doesn't it? So, yeah, like it's... I'd rather have the seas I'd rather have the nations in the middle of the GP season and still have Americans there than have it at the end of the GP season with no Americans. So But yeah. Um Yeah, uh, apart from that, the biggest surprise with the calendar to me was that there's two rushes. Didn't see that coming. Um, Did not see that coming. And in fact, even when I saw the calendar, I didn't notice it for like ten minutes because I my mind wasn't even like registering that because it, I just never considered it as a possibility. How are you feeling about that? Because um, obviously uh, one rusher was enough for you uh, because you didn't want to go. No, it's not like I don't want to go. It's just a lot of effort for people from England with visas and stuff. Like you've got to go to London and just a lot of what's the What's the cost of a visa? It's about, is it 300 quid? I, 700 quid? 300. I can't remember though. It changes, doesn't it? Because we, we were doing visas for Shanghai as well. I can't, and that, I can't remember which was which. I'll probably give Russia a little look next year. Maybe I'll make my debut. Reckon? What, once or twice? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll do twice. Wow. How times have changed. Yeah, I don't I don't care. I'll happily have it, give it a stab. Hopefully, I won't be stabbed. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. They won't, they'll just shoot you. They won't bother with knives. Okay. But no, apart from that, yeah, calendars got everything i expected no british gp obviously but hey ho it'll be there i'm sure yeah i think um i think it'll sneak into the calendar i can't see see why it wouldn't i'm interested to see what that tba would be that's the penultimate round because what's missing apart from the british gp everything's kind of in there that would be in there but it's gonna have to run somewhere hot well or good well, weather i would guess um, maybe the other most surprising thing with this calendar is there's only one Italy, italian round so i'd guess that would be another italian round uh, Mantovo, Ottobiano, Trentino, Majora, whatever. Well, we did have the Italian World Championship this year. Although, would we go to Italy two weeks? As you know, a month after... Yeah, would we go to Italy a month after the Nations? Yeah, that could be a bit of a red flag as far as attracting fans and that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that would be. I probably won't go to China on 19th of September. You, you probably won't. What, as in no one will? No, I mean, did you say you're not going to China? Yeah, I'd probably give that one a swerve. How come? I don't know. I don't feel like I'd fit in well in China. Well, I think you'd stand out. Yeah, I think you'd definitely stand out. No, I can't imagine that the Chinese people would like me. I wonder if... Um, we should probably get off the calendar. But I'm just, wondering, I'm, I'm just trying to quickly pull up our general podcast stats to see if we have any listeners in Oman. Well, interesting you say that about stats. Uh, I was looking at our uh, stats this week, and we're, again, popped in at uh, number seven for a top sports show in Latvia. Yeah, I don't know what so, we're doing in Latvia. I, we, uh, we're, we're always in and out of that top ten in Latvia. You know, it's, it surprises me every time, but hello, Latvia. Right. Talk about something, because I'm going to... This is going to be interesting now. I'm going to... I'm going to do some quick little search. Well, okay. Um, long. Well, here we go. Well, yeah, I got it. I got it. I'll say. Okay. Right. Countries. In the last yep. year. Uh, 
Let's see here. Countries, countries. I can see Singapore's on there. Uh, the Republic of Moldova's on there. Indonesia, Poland, Jersey, Colombia, Thailand, a country called Brunei Darussalam. Never heard of her. Uh, Vietnam's on here. United Arab Emirates. Uh, India, Kenya. Unfortunately. What is this for? I'm just seeing if we've got any listeners in Oman, but apparently we haven't. Oh, sorry, for the podcast show. Okay. Oh, man, we've got no listeners from Oman. Although, luckily, we do have Vietnam. So, hello to our Vietnam listeners. Wow, there we go. Um, Yeah, well, we'll have to work on Oman then. We do have Brunei. Have you heard of this country, Brunei Darussalam? Yeah, Brunei is, um, is Asia as well. It's a yellow flag with a black and white stripe through it and a little boat. Yeah, Brunei is a very rich country. Oh, well, very, very small but rich. Yeah, we might be seeing you soon. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, yeah. Anyway, on moving on from the calendar, we've had our fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about. Um, do you want to talk about uh, obviously MXGP standings? We we've not had a show since obviously Paul Ann's retired and blah blah blah. Let's talk, guys. Uh, okay. Um, because I completely wrote him off at the start of the year. We, we, I said, top three is going to be KTM. Guys, is not going to be anywhere. You know, he's not going to contend with those three. And he basically wins his fourth title. Well, which is massive. I, I'm going to defend myself here quickly because some, something's been blown massively out of proportion. So at the start of the year on this podcast, on the Pulp Show and things, um, I said, and I still feel correctly, that it was impossible to predict what was going to happen in 2020 based on the 2019 season because there were so many injuries and stuff. So when making predictions for 2019, I was more looking at 2018. So I said, I would not be surprised if guys didn't win a race if I'm looking back at that 2018 season. I didn't say he's not going to win a race. I said, if we're going off of the 2018 season, he didn't win one then. So what's to say we're not going to have a do-over of the 2018 season? So that's what the whole Lewis said, guys, is never going to win a race. We're taken way out of context. Um, and also, I said I meant GP, not Moto, obviously. Uh, also, this fourth, I feel like this fourth world title is a big one as far as guys' legacy and all-time ranking and just the way he's perceived. Because now, not only is this two titles in a row, which, by the way, we haven't had a um, back-to-back MXGP champion since Caroli in 2013 and 2014. So that's quite big in itself. Like, it's big that we went that long without a back-to-back champion, and it's big that Guys is the first one to do it. Not Hurlins, not Crowley, not whoever. Um, And also, if you look at it now, he has won three of the last five titles. And suddenly those, those numbers now sound quite a lot. Like three of the last five MXGP titles paints a picture that actually he's been quite dominant. Yeah, very. I think you know, I've, t- I've totally underestimated him. Uh, but I, I still, I will go to my grave yelling this from the rooftops. He is better this year than he was last year. I do not think 2019 Geyser stands a chance against 2020 geyser i genuinely don't if you if you somehow line them both up on a start line i genuinely think 2020 geyser would be 20 to 30 seconds ahead at the end of a moto yeah he's deaf what what do you think did you speak throughout the conversations you had with him this year 
Was there anything he pointed to, to, to why he's better this year? This is another little confusing one in itself because he ended the championship 102 points ahead of anyone else. So to, to everyone, that says dominant season. True? Yeah. True. Um, it actually wasn't a dominant season. It was a dominant last month. Like, he re- like if you look, what, the season ended November the 8th. So if you go back to October the 8th, which was leaving uh, Mantua, um, he was at that point, he'd only had one GP win and he was only 11 points ahead in the championship. So it's not like he was just this dominant force all season long. He just really, from Spain on, he didn't win Spain, obviously, but he put points on the most important people. From Spain on, he just motored ahead and created this image that he was wildly dominant all year. Um, and in speaking to him in Trentino, it turns out uh, that came from uh, winning that last Mantova GP because that was his first GP win of the season on the 4th of October and his first GP win since Lommel 2019 at the beginning of August. So he'd gone 14 months without winning a GP and it turns out that that actually was playing on his mind quite a lot. So, wow. So he you got know. that monkey off his back and then kind of went from there. Yeah, that's because I, I I didn't have no idea. I just took it, I don't know, just looking back on the season, not having the, the stats or the results in front of me, I would never would have thought that. What? Oh. Because of the way he's performed, you wouldn't have thought it was would, it would just 14 months between wins. Yeah, like he didn't win a, he didn't win a round and overall until, what were, what would the last mantra have been? Uh, five, six, seven, eight, eleven, round eleven. Like, it took him that long to win an overall, which is mental when you look now that he won the title by 102 points. How? Like, th- those things don't add up. But, um, no, he was more consistent this year. People still go on about the big crashes. I don't really feel like there were any. Uh, I think Volkenswadi had a little nasty one. Oh, Latvia. That was obviously a big one. But uh, yeah. I think Latvia, I don't think there were, was one, really. Um, yeah, just all in all, every single area, Geyser was much better. He really nailed the starts, so that helped big time. Like, he really figured something out there. Because also, before he won in Mantua 3, um, starts weren't so good. So, yeah, I think now, heading into 2021, I, I look at him in a completely different light. One of the things which... Um... I mean, two two things you 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 could say. Great great advertisement for Honda about their new bike coming out. Um, so that's that's one good thing you could say. Okay, uh, more improved bike, you know, better power, blah blah blah. Rest of it. Uh, the other thing which I, I you know, like the, the, the only the GPs I, I've been to and I watched a little bit on 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 TV like everybody else. But the one thing which uh, I think what got, what I seen in Lommel was he was he was taking lines which just not everybody was taking, and the the lines which he was taking and the way that he was riding, he was able to find more time, a quicker time, smoother line. He he just seemed to be a bit more creative, I guess, this year. And I don't know whether that is is because he felt more confident after you know getting that win or, or what. But when I was watching him at Lommel, it was just like he looked faster than everybody in every part of the track. Well, Lommel's an isolated thing, isn't it? Because obviously that was a sand, that's the sand race of the year and he's never been a sand guy. But he said, he said himself, uh, the main focus this winter was getting better in the sand. 
Well, we would have said it at a Lommel show, but worth repeating because it is actually interesting. He said he's always been that good in the sand. He just would always get to Lommel and be psyched out by the fact that it's Lommel. His head just wouldn't be there. Whereas this year, he put in more time in the sand in the winter. Obviously, was on a bit of a roll entering Lommel, so I'd imagine that helped. Won the first Lommel, and then that flicked the switch and changed his uh, perception of Lommel from that point on. And then he was away. So, yeah. Um, even speaking to him after the final round in Trentino, I said to him, like, still, 2020 was a crazy year. COVID, all of that. But maybe the craziest thing is how good you were at Lommel, which he actually agreed with. That question sounds like a massive mug off, but he actually agreed with it. The um, of, of if, if that's a thing which has been you know harboring in the background for him, you, you kind of got to think that um, with Geyser, it's a, it's a massive mental game. Well, it's the same with everyone, isn't it? I'd imagine yeah, it. I, I, it's just because yeah, someone actually says it doesn't mean that it's just them who um, it applies to. But it's again, it's uh, how many of these riders are actually seeking help with this stuff? Because obviously they go to the gym every day. Some of them have got a rider coach now, but how many of them have actually got like a, a mental coach? More than you'd think. Really? Yeah, more than you'd think. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I found out. I heard of quite a few riders said they had at Trentino who I didn't even think would have one. Wow. So that's. That's that's very interesting. I had um uh I had a fault as well. It definitely went in Tesco. It was somewhere else. But um, you know when we talk about the nations and we talk about um you know Europe's improving, I, I kind of got this this idea that a lot of people obviously complained about the tracks, and I think you mentioned that is it DeSalle who who's kind of like, you know, the tracks have changed and he's kind of like the last of the old school guys, I guess, in that class, isn't he? Like yeah. retiring. Caroli. Car- well, yeah, Caroli, who's, who's just adapted very, very well. But the, the tracks over the last five years or five to eight years, I believe they've really aided the Europeans in, in becoming better because the tracks are a lot harder in I'm not saying they're harder than America or anything else but when when you get to see what those guys have to to cope with and they're saying about the jumps and, and just the ferocity of um of of, of the tracks that are, are are laid to them at the moment and let's not I'm not talking about whether you know, they're good for passing or anything else but the obstacles and the technical ability that they got I'm not saying that they're better than um USA riders and, and I'm not having that conversation I'm just saying that what they are riding at the moment is that, that it's actually forcing them to improve, is well. I'm not sure where you've come, where you've got to that because what we've had, tra- we've had Piet Ramurata, Lommel, Mantova, like those tracks have been around for yonks, like true. But it, and, again, uh, it's like Kegums, Kegums was first on in 2009. Like, we all the tracks this year have been around for years and years and years, yeah. I, I don't know, it's apart from I, the pain, obviously. I think it's probably you know quite, quite deep into my fever. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe this is a thought that came from when you were maybe at a temperature or something. Yeah, but no, I, I definitely think that um, just the, the tracks and the just just how MXGP is, I think is is, is I do believe it's making the riders uh, improve, and that's and maybe that's the and I'm not this is for another day and another show, but I think that's where um, some of the British riders now are kind of like waking up and realizing they need to get involved in this EMX series. Oh, Christ, it's about time. 
But I do think it is. I think that they're looking at, the, 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 you know, generations now of, not generations, but, you, you know, you've got five, six, seven, eight years of of just a conveyor belt of, of Dutch, um, even Spanish riders coming in now in, um, you know, Belgium, German, uh, Swiss, you know, all these riders competing in the uh, NAMX GP series from an early age from EMX. And I think suddenly it's some, you know, I, I put out a post the other day saying, you know, uh, MX Vice and Even Strokes will help out some some British riders get to, um, uh, you know, cover some of their costs for it, for it to help them get to EMX because I think it's a it's a it's a big part of, of of their journey, and it's amazing how many people actually reached out um, at a good level in the UK who are looking and just I think they they know they need to be in that series. I'm not quite sure how we went to guys from Geyser to that, but reeling it back towards Geyser a little bit. Um, interesting things are obviously he's got four world titles now. Um, Herlins has four world titles, and um, both Herlins and Geyser are both tied on fifty-four moto wins each in the MXGP class. Wow! So little thing. How, little... how long did that take you to figure out? Not long. I just had to update my spreadsheet. Okay. Yeah, but actually, um. If you count Everts's moto wins in MX1, so since like the new generation of format, like post 125, 250, 500, um, he also had 54 moto wins in a fo- the 450 class. So they're all tied. Interesting. Yeah. But I, this is how I've, I've, I put a lot of thought into this. I think this year was Geyser's second best world title. Really? I- 2016, when he won as a rookie, he was ridiculously good that year. No one saw it come in. It was an amazing story. Like all across the board, that I don't think that could ever be beaten because no one considered it. Everyone was amazed and it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Second, 2020, because I think he was a much better rider. He really improved all areas, like I mentioned, blah, blah, blah. Third, the 2019 title, in my opinion, this is. And then last, uh, his MX2 title. That's how I rank his world titles. And it's crazy to think that, was it EMX 125 he won the European? Uh, and yeah, and I think the 250, uh, did, I'm pretty sure, didn't he win the 125 and the 250, uh, both on KTM? Well, he would have been on KTM, but he never won the 250 championship, EMX 250 championship. Did he not? No, he won the 125. Was his best in the EMX 250? Yeah, I thought he won the EMX 250. No, sorry. Oh, I'm yeah. a bit disappointed now. Yeah, maybe he could go back and do that. Just have a clean sweep. Maybe mention. Maybe mention that. I am. Uh, I've got some more to say on guys, but I want to save it because it's more to do with other discussions. So, but point point blank, um, guys, it was amazing this year. Better across the board. Best he's ever been. Very interested to see what this geyser does next year. Um, yeah, all good. Also, final geyser-specific point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't missed a GP since round one of 2018. So he actually has a bit of momentum on his side with no injuries and all of that, which does do something. Like, yeah. going into 2021, he's got that on his side, whereas Herlins is going to be coming off of another break, another injury. Karoli's dealing with his knee thing, so that'll take some time. Like. Prado will be coming off of COVID. <laughs> um, 
that I think that's worth talking about as well, or considering because that little momentum and that build up does contribute to something. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's been a shift. Um, and it, I mean, I, I, I talked about those points how it went from geyser to tracks and stuff like that, and and I think it's, I, I think it's just the the level of riders that he's riding against. I think is. Uh, you know, everything that he's obviously got within his program, Honda, you know, has made him, you know, where, and I, I like you, you're quite right. The six, uh, the 16 um, was, uh, yeah, an incredible feat. However, I was just really surprised this, this year. I, I, I definitely didn't see that one come in. And, you know, what did you say? 11 points at one point. Yeah. But he made it look like he just dominated throughout the year. So, I, I think that's the best version that we've seen of him so far. The, be, you know, the, best, the best he can be so far. Yeah, I'm not saying that he was better this year than he was in... I'm not saying he was better in 2016 than he was this year, but I just mean as a, as a general title, like, story and, like, you know, just general ranking. Not, not how fast he was, really. Okay, well, let's go for a break. We'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 50 of the MX Vice Show podcast. 50. Wow. Uh, as always, this show is here because of the people that support us. Those are Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. 
Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rail technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. Um, Visit formula.flyracing.com for more. Sorry, Lewis, you wanted to interrupt Fly for what? No, I was just going to say, um, I know we weren't planning on, but seeing as we've just read that, shall we announce the winner? of? Uh... That would be very friggin' exciting. Yeah. Uh, so if people didn't or were not aware, on the last show, we were giving away a, a new Fly Formula helmet. The question was, what does AIS stand for? And the answer was advanced impact system. Okay, so do you want me to spin the wheel? Yes, Lewis has got this thing. Uh, did you make it? It was it like a school project or oh, it's Google name randomizer? Uh, but the oh, one okay. I am on is called classtools.net. So Okay. Sounds like sounds good. Yep. Give so a yeah. shout out to that developer. Yep. Do you want me to spin the wheel? Uh spin the wheel. Okay. It's spinning. Okay, is there any sound effects or not? Uh, well, I turned it down. Oh, do you want to turn it up again? Well, no, because it's finished spinning now, and I feel like oh. I'm through the person. Oh. oh, you dick. Yeah, well, you're going to have to call it now, aren't yeah. you? I mean, it I... would have been good because it done the little duck, 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 didn't it? Yeah. Well, we've got to do that next time then. Okay. Okay. Who is going to win the Fly Racing Formula Helmet? Okay, I'd like to take this opportunity to congratulate Cole Hutchins on his new Fly Formula helmet. Is that a Carl Hutchins or a cow? Yeah. Carl, that's what I said, isn't it? Carl. Like Carl. I don't know. I catch your accent, mate. Oh, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Carl. Nice. Carl? Carl? Well, is it C A R L or C A A L? Carl. Yeah, that, that's Carl. 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 That's a fucking seagull. Well, um, yeah, congratulations to Mr. Hutchins. Let's call him that. I will be, I will contact you. um, And yeah. Well done. Well done, Carl. We will be giving another Fly Formula helmet away pretty soon. So, well, hopefully, we've got one coming up in two weeks. Uh, Yeah, about that. Probably two weeks from now. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. All right. So, uh, Carl, one of the deals is we want to know how good this Formula helmet is. So, um, yeah, I might actually res- contact you about doing something, Carl. We might, we might do a bit of, maybe we'll get you involved in some stuff. If you fantastic, so, if you, yeah, that'd be good because we we want to know. Yeah, um, I'm sorry about losing the sound effects. Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed about that. I, was... I mean, I could spin it again now, and you could hear them. Well, can you do that so people can understand what what we could have had? Okay, I'm trying to figure out how I turn the sound effects off. We haven't spent any money on this, by the way. It's just a free app on the... Okay, I... Lewis I've, friend on I've Google. Lost, I've lost the unmute button, so... Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, you have to wait till next week if we can figure out, or two weeks. Yeah. Well, well done, Carl. Wow, our first Formula Helmet giveaway. Did that feel good? For me? Yeah. Did well, you... I imagine it feels a lot better for Carl. I think Carl's going to be a well happy. I'd imagine so. Jesus Christ. Yeah, someone's going to get lucky tonight. Carl's young lady with his new helmet. Sweet. Anyway, 
Okay, right. Uh, before the uh, break, we were talking about the magnificent Tim Geyser. And uh, with his celebration comes others' losses. Do you know what those losses are, Lewis? Well, you're talking about DeSalle and Paul Ann, but they haven't died. Like... No, but they've decided to call it a day. Who correctly predicted that Paul Ann was going to call it a day? Uh, that might have been you. I knocked that one out of the park, didn't I? I think I might have got it, actually. I think you probably, I think I probably said it and you went, yes, I agree. No, it was obvious. For reasons that I said before, it was obvious it was coming because no one was going to give him what he wants or feels he's worth. So this actually, would be the result. The one thing I was going to say to you uh, was I did listen to uh, the podcast you've done with him and actually it resonated very, very well. So I'd like to congratulate you for that uh, podcast with Paul Ann because it's very interesting that he said that with the coronavirus break, a coronavirus break that was forced upon him and he was able to take a little bit of time away from motocross. That was the, the really interest as one of the most interesting um, podcasts I, I've listened to. Well, you don't listen because, to any, so. Oh, I, I do, uh, of yours. Um, but what I liked about it was that we got, I felt like, you know, you got to hear, hear you know, the real Gaultier. And, and, and him describing about like he just went out running and, and didn't have the pressures and didn't have to worry about what he you know to eat, spend time with a kid, you know, that type of stuff. And that, that's when, you, that's when it, that's, that was fantastic to listen to that because it really did like hit home well. You know, fair play, you've achieved everything you've achieved. And, um, you know, now it's about another chapter in your life, which is a, a fantastic chapter as well. Um, off the back of that podcast, I can confirm that I was talking to Paul Ann and I said, shame that, shame that we've only got 20 minutes here. I've got a lot of questions for you. And he confirmed that in the coming weeks and months, he will do a full career podcast with me and he will set aside a couple of hours and properly whack through his career. So, Oh, wow. Is this going to be on one of the rumoured new podcast shows? Yeah, I really need to sort sort myself out. I've got people lined up. I just need to, I don't know, do it. But I'm going to do it. If I don't do it before the end of November, then I I don't even deserve to live. So, okay, a little bit, little bit harsh on yourself, there, mate. Um, do Do you want to talk about uh what what's coming up for for MX Vice on the on the podcast ventures? No, let's do that later. We'll do that again. Okay. okay, let's talk about Paul Allen and Sale. Okay, so we got. Uh, Paul Allen DeSalle, which uh, they put obviously put in some good races. It was great to see DeSalle obviously take that win. And, and Paul Allen's, you know, gone with a win this year. So they have left at the top of their game, haven't they? they? They've proved that they can still win in their retirement year races. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they've gone out, gone out on top. Well, okay, this is, I guess this is a way to go off the back of that. So people are saying, oh, it's horrific. Um, uh, Paul Allen and DeSalle are race winners and they're retiring. Motocross is so broken. It's not like it's not. <laughs> Facebook's such a great place. There is just there's this natural order of things, and at some point, the old guys have to make way for the new guys, and that's happening now. It's as I've ranted a few times, like last year, it's actually taken longer than it should have. Like, if you look at the age that Paul Ann and DeSauer retiring, 
it's much earlier than your it's much later sorry than your dungies and your villapotos and people like that like they have had a full career they're not going early they're just going at the top of their game as opposed to dragging this thing out for five years and slowly divering down the pecking order which i think is the correct thing to do for a rider with the stature and legacy of both Paul Ann and DeSalle. Like I because th- this is actually an interesting one. So I was thinking about this in Trentino. So Leoc has also retired. And I was wondering, Leoc has done the opposite. Leoc has drung dragged this thing out. Like he's like 44 now, isn't he? I don't know, but he has dragged this thing out. Like he has not let go of motocross. Um uh and I was thinking to myself in Trentino after it was all confirmed that he too is retiring. I was like, has he damaged his legacy by sticking around to the point where he is just battling for points and no one really notices or cares or whatever? And then I thought, no, not in his case, because that is his legacy. Because Leoc never had a legacy before. Like, when, when, Le- when Leoc was at that age of Paul Anne, and DeSalle, and at that point of his career as in riding for factory teams and stuff, he wasn't looked at as one of the greats or anything. His legacy was born off the back of him sticking around for so long. That is his legacy. And putting in a sit for a seventh at Lommel. Like, if he, had, if he had retired when he was, say, five years ago, then everyone would have gone, eh, no one would have cared. But now, that is his legacy. Whereas, whereas the opposite... DeSalle and Paul Ann, their legacy is being a race winner and that. So them sticking around would damage that. Which yeah. and I think it's the right thing to do. I fully agree with if I had a choice, I could either retire as a race winner and a factory rider, or I could continue putting in the effort for less money on worse on a worse bike with a group of people who don't really give me what I need. Why would you damage yourself like that? Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's perfect. I it's a circle. Think, as a great, as a great Disney film once taught us, it's the circle of life. That was the Lion King. Yeah, I know Disney film. Have you actually watched that? Yeah, of course. It's a circle of life. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Have you? Yeah, I have. Did they have like a Metacross version of it? No, I watched it. To my, wow. It's like the film of my childhood. Okay. Of course, that was right up my um wheel out as a young kid. Okay, I'll take it back. Like. I know, I know how to sell it in Paul Ann feels, you know? It's, it's like the young people come through and like people like myself have had to, um, you know, have had to make way for people like you. No, it's true. It's true. Like, this is what, this is, um, I feel like, in a way, the MXGP paddock has sorted itself out ahead of 2021 because now the Olsons and the Watsons have factory rides, which they should have. Those riders shouldn't have had to go to lesser teams so that the DeSales and the Paul Downs can continue to have factory rides. That that is broken in my opinion. The DeSales and Paul Downs moving way so that the next generation of Olsen and Watson can have factory rides is how this thing is supposed to work, in my opinion. So it's it's not a problem, it's not broken, and it's just the way it should be. Yeah. It's an interesting one, though, because like they could continue, yeah. But would they both win motos next year? Eh? Probably not. Like, it's the right time. One, um... We may, we may see DeSalle, because he's still, um... He's still shopping around for uh, rides in America. And there may be a media person who is helping him with that. 
<laughs> you are definitely pimping yourself out now as a, a rider manager, aren't you? No, I just, I just, I just gave him some tips. I said like, oh, this team, this team, this team. And he was like, oh, really? He was like, and I was, he just said he didn't have anyone to contact there. And I was like, well, I do. So I'll, I'll give you that information. Look at you, little yeah. old Lewis. I, well, 2013, it's, in your shorts, going up to Roger DeCosta. And he asked you if you wanted a, an autograph. And you said, no, Roger, I just want your words. I want, I want the interview. That, in a way, that is mental for me. Because obviously, DeSalle, like I said this to both riders, DeSalle and Paul Ann are like cross-generational for me. I don't know if that's even a word or a saying, but make they, it your own. They have been at the top of the game when I was at school watching motocross on TV on a Sunday, and then when I've been at the GP as my job. Like their career has spanned almost my life cycle. Which well, was only about three years ago you were at school, weren't you? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but the same like there's not many riders that touch both ends of that, whereas they do. So yeah. But um, uh, moving on a bit, Paul Ann memories. Didn't we do this before? Actually, no, no, no. We did that for DeSalle, but better question. This was my favourite question. I asked everyone this in Trentino. This was my number one thing to talk to people about. Whose career are you taking, DeSalle's or Paul Ann's? Yeah, but I kind of followed this on social media. It's a, it is. A, I was stood in pit lane. In my uh, while the race was going on, I completely was ignoring it because in my head I was like, "Whose career would I have?" And I was properly like, "It's a good question because they both earn a lot of money. They've both done a lot with their careers. They're both going to be remembered forever as legends. But also, they've both done very, very different things, both on the bike and off the bike." Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll present the data to you before you make your decision. Uh, DeSalle's one. DeSalle has done a lot more as far as results go. So okay. DeSalle has had uh, 23 GP wins, all on the 450. Uh, Paul Ann's had 12 GP wins, uh, three in MX2, nine in MXGP. Um, uh, DeSalle's had 35 moto wins, which is obviously a hell of a lot. Paul Ann's had 17 in the Premier class. DeSalle's had, this is maybe the most impressive for DeSalle. Eh, maybe not the most impressive. But DeSalle's had 81 GP podium, uh, overall podium, sorry. That's wow. a lot of trophies. That's, that's a lot. Paul Ann's had 41 in MXGP and, uh, hold on, I haven't got MX2 up. Um, where's his name on this list? Paul Ann, Paul Ann, Paul Ann, Paul Ann. I can't find his name. Oh, here he is. Paul Ann uh, in MX2. So he's had, he had 41 in MXGP and then 18 podiums in MX2. So as far as wins and podiums go, DeSalle's got the upper hand. But Paul Ann has his nation's wins. And despite others deciding to battle me hard on this, I think Paul Ann made more money. Well, Tommy Searle doesn't feel like uh, Paul Ann made more money. I will, I, 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 I will die on this sword. But there again, is money everything? No, but I'm not saying it, but I'm just saying that's another thing to consider. So, and obviously, DeSalle was a bit of a quieter character. Uh, Paul Ann had a bigger fan base and like was more of a um uh, a spokesperson for the sport like he was on ad campaign like you know so I he, would say that Paul Ann was a more stylish rider Yeah Paul Ann had more like flair about him Yeah 
Yeah. So if I, if, if I, if, if for me, if it was going to be like a riding style in, in and stuff like well, that, no, like that, to sell, to sell all day, to sell all day for the amount of wins, but you've got to give Paul and the style and the, and the nation's trophies. Okay. I'm not, I'm not asking you to merge their careers. Whose career are you taking? They've both got pluses and negatives. Who's you taking? I have to go Gaultier. See, I go to sell. I don't want the attention of Paul. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, true. I like, yeah, I wouldn't want the attention, but like, Jesus. no, I was joking. That was a joke. He, 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 he's so good on a bike. Yeah, but so is Desal. Yeah, I go. The, my and re- I would say Desal because I love Kawasaki, but it's well, I don't know. also on a Kawasaki. Yeah, I know. Back in the day, I um, I go Desal because of the results and also the fact that for what? Well, he was second in the world championship three times third a couple of times. Um, I go with DeSalle for the fact that he was actually in the title fight for a very long time. So he was... a Whereas Paul Ann was never really a contender in the sense that he was kind of there till the bitter end, if you know what I mean. Like, DeSalle was in the fight against Caroli for a world title all season long, many times. Whereas Paul Ann would always come in as a contender but by the halfway point was never really in that fight anymore. So I go to Sal just to be the title contender and the got like I'd be just I would go with DeSalle's career so that when people go who's gonna beat Caroli this year, they would go DeSalle slash me. Yeah, I don't know. Brilliant. I I, I can see that you've put a lot of thought into this and you probably spent about, you know, seven nights wide awake at night uh looking at your DeSalle poster. And your Paul Lamb poster, just thinking which one? It is a genuinely interesting question because, like I say, they've both done so much but so different things. Uh, what about Leoc? Why would you not want a career what Leoc's had? Well, he wears fly gear, so that would tempt me. Hey, there we go. Um, no, I, I, I'm not even going to entertain that. Or, or was it Stefan for better? <laughs> <laughs> um, what James is referring there to. <laughs> What James is referring there to, to there is uh, Jokin, or however you say his name, Jokan, Jokan. Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't even get his um, first name right. Jesus. Yeah. He's, he has also retired, but he scored three points in MX2 this year. So not really Who knew? the conversation. Who knew? Not going to lie. I thought he was a better rider than that. When I looked up his results, I was like, oh. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Um, when he announced his retirement, I was like, oh. oh. Say it. I know what you're going to say. But anyway, let's go back well, to... You were, uh, say, you were going to say, when he announced your reti- his retirement, you were like, oh, you were out there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I know it. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's a shame. But that's another point that I've kind of lent on a few times. Like, he, oh, Joe Can for, for better's retiring. What is wrong with motocross? Well... He scored three points in MX2 all year, and he was at 15 of the 18 rounds. Like, but for, is it Filotti as well? He, he's retired as well. Yeah, but again, the, those riders, as harsh as it is to say, they couldn't cut it in the World Championship. So what the World Championship is for the best of the best, and those riders couldn't cut it. So, And do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, because no, the, the top riders in the world are the top riders in the exactly, world. Exactly. So like, it's the not like is, this is a local, like, national or something like that. This is the World Championship, yeah, the best I, of the I, best. I don't know how to put it, but, like, the World Championship, obviously, 
wasn't the place for them. So, like, they, they were at an amazing level and would kick my ass over and over. But And many other people's. Yeah, but not the world championship isn't isn't gonna be the, isn't the thing for the very good riders for or the great riders. It's the thing for the exceptional riders. Yeah. Like I feel like I don't know. No, you're it, no, you're not being harsh. You, you're being right, but it's it's not. It doesn't take anything away from them or any other rider. It's just that level is just incredible. And unless you're willing to, you know, or you you can run at that level, then I, I think these people have taken the, the wise decision and just for. You know, I could try and plod away here and, you know, it's going to cost X amount of pounds to keep doing it, the, the thing I love. Um, or I could still ride a motorbike, still enjoy riding, but, you know, start making another decision in life and a career. Yeah, I, I do enjoy that Paul and DeSalle debate. I know you do, really mate. I know you do. I, and I'm sure it, we're, we're going to be in a car soon and you're going to, we're going to be going through it all over again. If you, but if you look at it, like, Obviously, DeSalle's stats almost mean more in a way because he went straight into MX1 slash MXGP. He has been on the podium at least once in an MX1 slash MXGP season since 2009. Like, that's a long time to be at that level. Like, obviously, Crowley's done the same and longer, but... Yeah, but you have, you're, you have to be... Yeah, I mean... You can't judge everyone by Crowley. To run at that level for that length of time is incredible. Yeah. So, tip of the hat. Clemon and tip of the hat. Goes and a well done from Lewis Phillips is probably the, the best trophy you ever win. A hearty congratulations. <laughs> you really need to get out more. No, like fair play to them. Fair play to them, Mike. Well done. Well done. I also know that there are some Australian teams interested in Dissell. Really? I don't think he'll do that. You think America is kind of the one he wants to well, tackle? It's, well, actually, I had a really good conversation with him about this um, off microphone. First time I've ever properly spoken to him, like, without there being a purpose, like, as a casual conversation. Yeah. I talked to him for, like, half an hour. And he was explaining how, like, riding Millville was on his bucket list. And I was like, yeah, I completely get it. Like, that's one track that I just want to see. Because, like, it's a, well, like, at the end of the day, I think DeSalle can be misunderstood sometimes, but he is genuinely passionate about the sport. He might not be passionate about being a fan favourite and having to sign autographs and do media stuff, but as far as riding his bike goes, like that is kind of... That's his enjoyment. ...why he's stuck around, yeah. That's so, cool. Like, the reason he wants to go to America is because, in his mind, that's a massive box to tick. And also, I, uh, I got to... If you remember, I did that interview with him at Lommel where he said he was offered a ride with RCH. Yeah. And I never followed up on that, but in this casual conversation, off record, but this is nothing too secret, um, I said, oh, I meant to, I wanted to know. Uh, you said you turned down the ride with RCH. Did they want you to do Supercross? And he said, for the first year, which I think would have been 2014, it would have been outdoor only. And then the year after, he would have done Supercross and Motocross. But he doesn't think getting into Supercross would have been too big a problem. And earlier in his career, when he was... Um, uh, like out in California training before GPs, he did have a little flirt on a Supercross track for two weeks just to see kind of where he was at with it. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's not... Um, yeah, DeSalle doesn't want to go to America because he has to keep racing and or he needs this. It's just a dream. He wants the experience. Dream mix kind of thing. Yeah. And final no, point. that's cool. Final yeah. point on DeSalle. Um, 
he said that uh, at his last GP, the final Trentino, he did one lap of practice and was like, yeah, this is the right decision for me. Really? Because he wasn't happy with the track. Because they made a couple of minor modifications, like adding a little roller on the inside of turns and stuff. And I think that that stuff confuses DeSalle, So uh, That's just interesting. Uh, and, and both have had, you know, amazing careers but it's it's been uh it's been interesting a little bit of a shake-up at the end of the year and you're quite right it's just it's just it's evolution you got you got riders who are coming up and all i've heard about um ben watson and um uh, olsen on 450s is great things like literally if you think they're good on a 250 you have no idea how good they are on a 450 so that they're going to be two great additions to to the mxgp class People argue that the sport's broken because DeSalle and Paul Ann are retiring. I would say the sport would be more broken if DeSalle and Paul Ann stuck around on factory seats and Olsen and Watson had to go to um, uh, Marchetti RSR or Marchetti or yeah. something. That would have been, in my eyes, that would have been like, uh, hang on, this isn't right. So this is, yeah. uh, as much as it sucks to say goodbye to these people, this is the right thing. Yeah. For sport yeah definitely but the mxgp mxgp class next year is is looking awesome and on that note i have both olsen and watson have both tested 450 now from both camps i have heard very like extremely positive great things great things yeah like that like do not sleep on either rider going into next year is all i would say yeah they're not they're not there to, to to make up the numbers in the top 15 so it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's 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 gonna be exactly what that that class uh, constantly needs is that 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 constant push. Um, on the subject of um, uh, the old guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about Crowley quickly? Go on then. So the, the knee injury is there a knee injury? Wow, gonna act like you didn't say that. Yes, there's a knee injury. Um, okay. He doesn't think it needs surgery still, but I'm not really, I need, I, I'm not really like certain on a situation because he said he's spoken to multiple doctors and no one's really sure on how to fix it. Well, that's why I asked because it's every time I've spoken to you, you've said, well, he's had a knee injury, but he's still able to do this and he's had a knee injury and he hasn't talked about it this week. So it's like, is it, is it a knee injury? Is it like just old age? Is it like, um, like an effects of a previous injury. It, it, so no one really knows. I, I'm trying to find his quote, what he told me now. Um, because it's not like he's done an ACL or MCL or something like that. It, this is, he doesn't know what it is, but he knows he's got a problem. Uh, here we go. So I said his surgery on the cards now then. He said, no, we don't know about the treatment yet. We've had some investigation already. It's not easy because the problem is quite difficult to solve. I've seen three to four doctors and it's not really clear. We still need to do more investigation. But I don't... Wow. Like, in my eyes, being a medical moron, yeah. is it not a case of um, something's broke, needs surgery. Something's torn, needs surgery. Or it'll heal by itself. Job done. Like, I don't... What other category is there? Well, it, I don't know. Usually an MRI would give you most options if you're looking for something in particular. But... It could be anything from uh, a ligament to, um, I guess, arthritis. Depends. Um, well, I don't know what that is. So. Well, arth- arthritis, you can't really do a lot about that. It's kind of 
your, your body kind of breaking down in as you're getting older. I'm kind of scared that he said this in the interview because scared. what? What do you mean? This was a, this was slipped in, and I was like, uh, uh, I'm not sure if I should ignore that that was said. He said, um, I can fix it, and we'll see if next year we can solve this problem and go for the last attack on the title. And I was like, uh, we, you've never said that next year is your last year. Wow. What is that a slip of the tongue? Or are we, and I was, I literally was just stood there like, um, okay, we're just going to slide right past that. Yeah. Like, but yeah, just a little, little thought there. Yeah. But that would kind of make sense, hey? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I think his contract with KTM ends at the end of next year. So everyone's presuming. I would bet money that at the end of next year he'll be done. But still, for him to say that in the middle of just a random chatter. Yeah. He has to be kicking himself this year because if ever there was a chance to win that 10th World Championship, it had to be this year. Well, yeah, but you can't. Like, only one person can win. Like, if ever there was a chance, well, he could have won it last year. Like, every year's a chance. I don't think you can... Okay, I'll... I'll... You know, to be 11 points off of the World Championship, that, that's a, a great opportunity. And, I, and obviously, that knee's been a huge hindrance. Um, and there was a lot of inconsistencies, wasn't there? Yeah, but like, I would argue that last year was more of an opportunity because he was really far ahead of Geyser and everyone else. And the Latvia crap, had it not been for the crash in Latvia, maybe he could have held up. Like, I would argue that that was more of a missed opportunity than this year. Yeah. Well, e- either way, the last two years definitely, you know, has eluded him getting that, that, that title. But even if, if he does end with nine, you know, that's, that's not going to be undone for a long time. What do you mean undone? Well, the next person to get to nine. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that is a question I want to have later on. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Who's going to be there first, guys or Hurlins? Or Prado. Exactly. Like that, is a, that is a question. I've, wow. I've, I haven't mentioned it yet because I believe it's in the Liat Ask Vice Anything segment. So we'll wait. Oh. And that okay. is the... Uh, well, next, I think that person's got a t-shirt already. Next thing on my mind. But, mm. um, yeah. Uh, do you want to do City Season now or after an ad? No, nope, we're going to go for an ad um, uh, and just get a little refreshment. And then we'll be back. We'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB7, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. Congratulations once again to Carl Hutchins, who went away with the Formula Fly Helmet. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. Visit formula.flyracing.com for more. And two weeks' time, there's another chance to win a Fly uh, Formula helmet. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. 
Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 50 of the MX Vice Show podcast. This part of the show is brought to you by KYB with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid speed valve, KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and decreased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com, KYB-factory-kit-suspension-info for more information. Lewis, guess what? What? I sent an email to Technical Touch this week. Oh, God, you didn't mention a link, did you? No, no, not the link. Oh. Um, but um, I've spoken to them about getting KYB battery suspension on the Kawasaki. Well, well, um, on, a, on a loosely related point, as I was listening to you read out the Technical Touch uh, sponsor Reedver, yeah, I was thinking because well, what got me thinking this is when you said perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. That's obviously I know where you're going with this. Stop that! I am not going around fucking Lommel. No, but that's obviously Lommel. Um, I was thinking actually, how cool would it be to? It would be so easy for anyone, even people in Britain, to get proper KYB suspension from Technical Touch, do a little three-hour drive over there, and then take your brand new suspension. To Lommel, the one place where you do need it, like that would be, like as a whole, as a package, I feel like that whole experience would be quite cool. They do that, 
Yeah, but they I mean, that's what I mean. for that service. That's what I mean. People should do that. Like, it's a cool, isn't it? experience. Yeah. Tick a lot of boxes here, can't you? I'm actually going to pay for this experience. I'm going to buy some. Oh. Yeah, this is not a freebie. They're, they're doing me a good price, but um, I'm... I'm ride? That's besides the point. I, I'm riding because... I feel like it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been. Uh, it was three weeks before... Four, four weeks before lockdown, something like that. What? This lockdown or the first lockdown? Oh, fuck off. This lockdown. Oh, I was going to say, that's like February. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've rode since... I don't know. October? Oh, no, September. Oh, that's not uh, that long then. Yeah, uh, Rob's saying five weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh. yeah it's, it was September. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm getting the bike ready for uh, when we come out of uh, lockdown. I'm actually getting my body ready for when we come out of lockdown. And I've already signed up to uh, the 2021 uh, Corsham Schoolboy Scramble Club. It's all right. So, um, yeah. Oh, in the vets, 45 plus now, I am. Well, seeing as you will be getting in the competitive spirit in 2021, would you like to get in the competitive spirit right now? No. Okay. Yes, of course I would. I would love to. I love nothing more than playing this game. It's so great. Okay, well, um, that, that game can only be uh, even strokes, are you smarter than a burfield? Or a burf. I can't remember what I used to call it. Anyway. Uh, burf. Are you smarter uh, than a burf? Are you smarter than a burf? Well, uh, this game is presented by Even Strokes, which is an online shop with a range of offers on Talon, Fox, Yoko, Props. That's a lot of ox and... That's a lot. Talon, Fox, Yoko, Prox, FXR, and more. Be sure to visit www.evenstrokes.com for deals on products. Especially as Black Friday approaches, Black Friday deals will begin to filter through from Friday the 20th of November, leading up to the big blowout on Friday the 27th of November, which is obviously Black Friday. Uh, I'm changing the rules on this game. Uh, previously, I made you get four out of five correct to pass. Uh, you haven't passed once. So we're lowering the bar. Good, good. As is, the bar as is, was far too high. As is the problem with this world, catering to the lowest common denominator, um, you now only have to get three out of five correct to pass. I thought I had to get three out of five anyway. No, it was always four out of five. Was it? Yeah. So you only have to get three out of five correct now to pass. Okay. Uh, I would say these questions are... If you give it, if you use your common sense, you should pass. Okay, I've actually like, got a new game which is going to be coming in the next couple of weeks. You said that before, but you never follow through on stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. Like if I look at these questions now, there's two that you should definitely get, and you only need three to pass. So I'd ima- I reckon you might squeak through here. Okay, right. well, uh, we'll give it a go. Yeah, go, go, go. One. Uh, you got twenty seconds for this one. Uh, ben Watson obviously won two GPs this season. Hi, Ben. He is just the third MX, he's just the third British rider to win multiple MXGP MX2 GPs in one season. Namely, other two British riders who have won multiple MX2 GPs in one season. You have 20 seconds. Uh, okay, I'm going to go Billy McKenzie and... Um... Oh, actually, did you say MX2? Yes. Oh, okay. I'll go Tommy Searle and Max Anstey. That is correct. In the spirit of being nice, I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore the fact that you said Billy McKenzie. Well, um, it's not a fucking, your first, you didn't say at the start, your first answer is what's going to be taken, did you? Okay. Well, from now on, your first answer will be taken. Oh. Given. But that is one of the questions that I thought you were going to get right. So you're on track. Okay. 
this shocks me, actually. Uh, in the history of the MX2 class, dating back to 2004, only three Belgian riders have won an MX2 overall. Uh, name those three riders. I will accept your first answer as you have 20 seconds again. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. What are you saying? Up to 2004 no. or after 2004? Since 2004, which is when MX2 was introduced, there have only been three Belgian GP winners in MX2. Name those three riders. 20 seconds. First answer is taken. Go. Uh, Joel Rollins? Correct. One. Uh, Ten seconds to go. Fuck off. Five seconds to go. Lieber? Incorrect. And 20 seconds is up. I'm going to have to cut you off there, I'm afraid. I can think. My mind hit a blank after Rollins. Well, I'm surprised you didn't get Gertz. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of thought you'd get Gertz. Um, and the other one was Van Horbeck. It, actually, looking at it now, Rollins is the one that I would have thought. <laughs> 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 I, I'm, I'm a big Joel Rollins fan, so... Um... Okay, well, you're one for one so far. You're still in, a, in with a shot at passing. Okay. Question three. I've actually got a bit of a migraine from that one. Okay, well... I was <laughs> feeling all right until that question, and then my fucking head's hurting. I'll give you 20 seconds again. Okay. Can How... you stop saying, like, 10 seconds, five seconds? Oh, okay. Because that's very fucking distracting. Okay, I thought you'd like to know. It's like... It's like trying to have a wank, and if you don't have a wank in 20 seconds, that my knob's going to fall off. Well, no, but I, would you not like to know you've only got five seconds left? Like, is that not valuable to you? No. Okay. Um, I, I, I can measure 20 seconds. Okay. Question okay. three. How yeah. many different manufacturers has Gautier Paulin taken to Premier Class overall wins? Do you need that explained? Overall wins, so not moto yeah. wins. How many different bikes has Gautier Paul M1 and MX1, MXGP overall with? Got not MX2. Not MX2. Uh, I need a, I'm not even going to ask you to name them all. I just want a number. You've got Four. That's correct. Yes! I didn't even start the timer. <laughs> Don't even bother, mate. I'm fucking there. Do you, want the, do you want the manufacturers? Yeah, sure. Kawasaki, Honda, Husqvarna, and Yamaha. How how was that so quick for you? I thought I, would, I didn't think you'd get that. That's easy. That's easy one. So, 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 sometimes it's just lodged there, mate. Lodged there. Because um, he only had one on, on uh, Yamaha, and that was back in his first ever 450 GP. Next. <laughs> well, you only need one more to pass. Uh, sticking with the Paul Ann theme. Yeah. What year did Gautier Paul Ann win the most MXGP rounds of his career. So what year was he? did he win the most, essentially? Uh, 15 seconds. 2017. Uh, that's, maybe you should have... You only used three seconds of the allotted time there. And well, it's just, it was just a random question, so I just gave you a random answer. Well, unfortunately... I'm not going to yeah. sit here and go, oh, in 2015, oh yeah, he did have four, but well, if he didn't have that last lap crash in the 13th corner... Um, then da, da, da. I'm not you. I'm a fucking normal person. In 2017, he won one GP, uh, but his winning this year was 2013 when he won three GPs. Okay. But is that right. in it? That is interesting in itself, isn't it? Because you would think he won more GPs in a single season than three. Yeah. yeah. Um, final question. Are you just bashing Gautier now? 
No, just an interesting little thing. Just because now you've chosen that to sell, you you want to step into his shoes and have his. Now you're just saying that Gaultier just didn't really do a lot. No, not at all. Um, sure. So it's it's all on this. You need this. You need to get this correct to pass. Well, have I got three wrong already? No, you you need to get three correct, and you're two for two so far. Oh, okay. Um, this is the last question. Yeah, it's all on this. Thirteen riders have won. MXGP slash MX1 motos on a Honda. Name six of them in 30 seconds. On a Honda? Yep. An MXGP? Yep. Since 2004. Can I not include day four? Can we not go back to like fucking 85 or something? Oh. Uh, Geyser? Correct. Um, Paul Ann? Correct. How many have I got to get? Six. Six? <laughs> That's less than half. Fucking, I can't remember. Oh, Steve Ramon? <laughs> Incorrect, but what a random name. <laughs> um, I can't even... It's hard to even have six fucking winners. I said 13 riders. I'm asking you to name less than half. Keep going. I'll let, I'll let the timer's long gone, but you keep going. I'll give you a I didn't fuck it. I could be here until next week. I still wouldn't fucking get them. I'll just try some, try some more. What did they even do before, Geyser? <laughs> I'll stop the timer. Uh, well, fucking Crowley's won everything, can he? Motos. It's just a moto. Um, answers you could have had. You obviously got Geyser and Paul Ann, so well done for that. Yeah. Uh, you could have had uh, Pichon. Oh, fuck off. I ain't going to remember that shit. Yeah, that's the oldest one. Brian Jorgensen, Josh Coppins, Mike Brown, Ken Dedeiker, Mark DeRuva, Clement DeSalle, Bob Rusheff, Max Nagel, Ben Townley, or Tannel Leo. Well, only three of those are fucking still riding and three of them have all retired. You're missing... You give me some shit questions. Well, no, I asked... I thought Pichon would be obvious. I thought Coppins would be obvious. I thought Dedeiker would be obvious. And I thought Bob Rusheff would be obvious. It's fucking 18 years ago, mate. I don't even know what I'd done two weeks ago. What was 18 years ago? 2004. Yeah, but do you not just, like, permanently remember Pichon winning on a Honda? No. Oh. Well, unfortunately, you just missed the mark this week. One fucking, honestly, this fucking game is shit. Your questions are shit as well. It's funny you seemed to like them when you were getting them right. As a sponsor, I hate this game. I don't get any value for this. But No one were... even listens to it. Um. I feel like my questions were quite good, considering you got two out of five. Clearly, they were right on the mark of being ones you could answer, but also quite difficult. Fucking bollocks. What do you... Oh, honestly. I might... Next week, I might make them so easy just to see if you smash five out of five. Like, literally, like... You say that every week. Okay, next week... And then it's like, oh, name six Honda riders who have masturbated on the podium. You know what? You know what, um... Actually, I thought would make that Honda question easier. What? I wrote the the thir- all thirteen of the riders on Instagram yesterday, and you liked the post. So, <laughs> so I thought you would have just gone on Instagram and read it, or at least remembered what you read yesterday. Do you know what? I can. I did actually read it, and also I was laughing at um, Lorenzo's um, comment, and then what you corrected that? Lorenzo with two more. Yep. Yeah. Um, fucking believe- so that there we go. If I can't even remember anything from last night, what are my chances? Okay, next week it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to make them like it's going to be the most boring question uh, segment for people to listen to because I'm going to make them so easy, such as 
Um, let's see. Uh, how many world titles has Caroli won? Nine. That's the type of stuff you're in for next week. So stay tuned for that. Brilliant. Be the fastest fucking segment ever. Right. Right, let's get on to something more interesting. Silly season? Silly season. I love silly season. It's the only reason why I do this podcast show. Well, not sure what you're going to do once silly season ends. Um, Talk about next year's silly season. Well, actually, that's an interesting point. Because already, when you look at it, sewer is up. Like, there's some interesting stuff to go on next. Caroli's up next year. Like, there's some interesting ones still. Uh, But anyway, so where do you want to start? Uh, Let's start MX2. There's not really any MX2 silly season to talk about. Let's go MXGP. <laughs> I didn't, I'm more, instead of a class, I more meant like what team do you want to start with? Uh, well, you, you actually put up a document yesterday. Do you want to run for your document? Well, that's every single team. I, okay, so essentially where... So this is some, this, these are the holes that need to be filled. And this is what I expect them to be filled with. So KTM are announcing a third MX2 rider soon. That will be Guadagnini. That and he will be under the uh, the Ducali side, which is a, a great signing. Yep, uh, Marchetti KTM have to announce an MX2 rider, and as of Trentino, the word was that will be Rubini. Um, I believe there's a chance that Patrell may be on Tixier's team, which I'm not still not certain on, but that seems to be a thing going around. Um. What else have we got? SM Action have gone to Gas Gas. Uh, Ferrato is heavily linked there. Um, I don't know who else they have for them, riding for them, but they aren't doing MXGP anymore, so they'll be MX2 and EMX250. So Ferrato on MX2. Yep. Uh, Asimoto Honda, Usland's out because he's got to go to MXGP. Um, and I think there might be a chance Rubini stays. I personally think Rubini needs to stay, but. Uh, so not sure what they're going to do as a whole, but um, Fischetti or Fichetti is linked to an MX2 seat there. Honda SR Moto Blues have Nathan Watson in MXGP. Not sure what else they're going to do. Uh, Van Horbeck and Guio are both out. Honda 114 Motorsports are cleaning house, and I believe they won't be going the Australian route. Ruben Fernandez is linked heavily to one seat. I don't know who the other seat will be. Uh, JWR, they're cleaning house. Anton Gull isn't returning, and neither is Cornelius Tundil. I believe Usland will be there. Yeah, that's a good yeah, shout, I think. The um, Swedish connection there. Yeah, Usland, uh, not sure who else. Uh, Jackie Martins is also cleaning house. I believe that will be Jacoby and Chervelin. Jacoby at 100% on. What about Chervelin. Artem? Artem's out. I don't know where Artem's out. Oh, no! I think Artem would be kicked out because of his money, but he's out, apparently. Oh, Jesus. So I, but um, I'm 100% on Jacoby. I believe Chervelin... Oh, can test- you find out where Artem's going? I believe Chervelin was testing the bike at the weekend. I don't know if he's signed yet, but he's most likely to be the second rider there. Um, uh, Geben, uh, they're going to be go from a three-rider team to a two-rider team next year. Uh, Vlandering's one of the spots. The second rider will be announced soon. It's not going to be Tonus. It's a feel-good story that I've been, prom- I've made. I was made to promise that I would not say. Dylan Walsh. No, it's a feel-good story. A feel-good. What would be feeling good? Here is a bombshell for you. Can you give me a a, a little 
little idea? Like maybe a little clue? He deserves the ride. Uh, what, and he's in MXGP at the moment? Eh, questionable whether you say that. Uh, anyway, um, the new rumour that landed... In oh, the... I new... know. Okay, don't say it because I was made to promise. The new rumour that landed in my phone less than 24 hours ago that is that SDM Course Yamaha, the team that Fernandez and Chervelin rode for this year, yep. may be a beta team. Oh, wow. That, Wait, is, that is hot off my phone less than 24 hours ago. And I heard of this through them approaching a rider to ride the beta. So to wow. me, if they're talking to riders about that, it seems fairly concrete. But... That, so that's, that's a, that is a shake-up, that is, if that happens. That's a big move, because... I'm always going to ride that bike if it does happen. Because uh, they've got a really good Enduro bike. Well, they they recently were developing this bike, weren't they, with Jake Weimer and people. I can't remember the exact details on it. But that is the word. Uh, that's a fresh rumour from my uh, phone. Wow. Uh, Kawasaki still have to announce their second seat. That'll be Monticelli. And, yeah, that's about all of the... Have you, got, have you got anything to say on the Monticelli? Um, we'll talk about that when the uh, when the when the penny drops. Okay. Obviously, all of these are speculation on my part, but this is what I believe I know. So, and that is literally every empty seat within the paddock. I don't know what Tonus is going to do. I believe there's a new team of sorts or something. I don't know. Like, I got rough details on it in Trentino, so I'm not like really sure on what the situation is but I believe there could be a new team or a new team stepping up or something that he's linked to um, I don't know what Van Horbeck's going to do I would bet on him retiring Guio I spoke to Guio in Trentino and he told he asked me whether I thought he should pay for a ride and I said oh, no I think you're too good for that so I don't know if I influenced his decision there um, good work <laughs> not sure if I've done something there <laughs> um uh, yeah, that's, I think that's all the empty seat. But that's basically what, where I see things shaping up at the moment. Obviously, a lot of rumours there, a lot of speculation on my part. From talking to people, from being at the races, that is what I think is going to happen. I kind of rattled that off really quick. But yeah. No, that was good. That was good. Um, so we got MXGP obviously moving. We got MXG, which you described. There's a few movers and shakers in... Uh, EMX 250, I know you didn't want to talk about it, but one of the biggest ones was uh, Jeremy Sedow going down to uh, metal. Yeah, I feel quite sad about that because he's too... Well, this is actually an interesting one to discuss. Um, Yamaha are in a weird spot, I feel now, because they're obviously locked and loaded with a three-rider MX2 team uh, for next year. Uh, Gertz, Renault, Beniston. Yep. None of those riders are going to be going anywhere, anywhere, anytime soon. They're not. They are all young and uh, products of the Yamaha family program, Pyramid, blah, blah. Haven't won world championships and are not forced to go up, whereas Vial wins this year, he's on a 450. You're kind of missing, you're kind of jumping very far away from my point now. So Yamaha are in a weird spot. So unless one of the riders drastically underperforms, I can't see anyone being cut from that team. No, they're, they're there for a while now. Yeah, which means that anyone on the Hutton Metal program is kind of met with a bit of a brick wall because... There's almost like, yeah, you do really well on the Hutton Metal EMX 250 program. Yeah, your next step is um, Kimia. But they're full. 
Like, so I kind of don't really know how... And now that they've lost SM Action to Gas Gas, they've kind of lost their secondary spot to place people. So... It's a bit of a it's a bit it's a bit of a strange one to think about. Right. In, in a way, I guess they took that budget from SM Action to to bring Renault uh, and uh, Benistan over to Kamiya. Yeah, true. I guess they I guess technically they haven't actually lost um, a place to put people. No. So 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 let's just say he goes out and wins the MX250 title. They could possibly run for an MX2 because it would just be finding an extra budget for for that rider. Yeah, but they're not going to put four people under the Kimia warning. Well, you never know. But, um, yeah, just an interesting one to think about. Um, but, yeah, there, if you actually look at it as a list, there are still a lot of announcements to come about MXGP City Season. Like, I kind of thought we were at the back end of it, but there's actually well, still a lot of spots to be filled. Yeah, uh, we're expecting a couple of new teams. We're expecting, I think, JD... I thought Sorry. one. Have you uh, heard of another? Well, you've just announced one. I haven't announced one. I've said I've heard that I don't I'm not confident on it at all. I've just heard rumblings. Okay, I've heard of another. Um Well maybe uh, we should maybe we should have met up before this podcast and like show <laughs> it. Um yeah, so so I we know of two, two between us we know of two new teams coming into into MXGP. I have no idea what other one you would have heard of. Unless okay. we are talking about the same one but we don't realise. Yeah, I can't really say anything because I, I kind of said I, I wouldn't, so I can't. Um, so, yeah, so we got two, and we got two MHGP teams. JWR still got uh, two riders to announce. Uh, who who else? What other teams have we got which, which haven't announced yet? Well, Did so, you say Jackie Martin's just got one more spot? No, he's got, well, two. He's cleaning, he's cleaning house as well. A lot of, it's interesting actually when you look at it, because if Rubini doesn't go back to Asamota, then that's 114, Asamota, and Jackie Martins and JWR all clean in house, which is basically all Honda teams. Like yeah. all Honda Europe teams are basically wiping the floor with their current lineups and starting from scratch, which is interesting. Yeah, really but interesting. Uh, but yeah, I can't remember what you asked me. Uh, on on Tonus, um, I spoke to him at the last Trentino, and he said that nothing was like close to being done at all. Like. He said he, it's not like he's got a contract sat in front of him. It's all waiting at the moment and seeing what's going to happen. But he did mention that maybe the best thing to do... Well, he mentioned like the normal, uh, I'll only race if it's worth it. It's got to be like blah, blah, blah. But he also even said like maybe waiting for a fill-in ride is going to be the thing to do, which is interesting that his mind is already at that point. Okay. Yeah. You might want to turn your notifications off. Okay, well, maybe you should stop messaging me. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um, so, silly season, in a nutshell. Uh, lots of movers and shakers. I don't know uh, what... Uh, I don't want to get into this because I've done. I've beaten this one to death now. What? Jed beaten this one to death. Huh? Hmm? Oh, uh, funny. Um, I don't really... Like the, you know, I've gone on about how I don't know who the EMX Open class is for necessarily, and blah 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 blah. Um, the fact of this fact is proven by the fact that Cornelius Tundel is um has gone from EMX Open to EMX Two Fifty. Yeah, but he's done that via riding MXGP and scoring points, hasn't he? Well, that's what I mean. That's all very backwards. Very. Like, that's like the EMX, the EMX Open class is not a stepping stone into EMX 250. No. 
which kind of but, proves, which is kind of backs up what I was saying previously about it being a class that's kind of got a bit of everything in it, and it needs to have a clear identity. Yeah, but at the same time, it looks like you do well in EMX two hundred and fifty, you get noticed in, for MX two. Well, so yeah. I think I think a lot, you know, like the the Fredrickson who's now gone to Bud Racing, um, and Tondow and people like that. These these are big Scandinavian kids, you know, like huge on a two hundred and fifty. So they're obviously you know big enough to to handle a four hundred and fifty. There's more options in a four hundred and fifty, and the bikes are cheaper to run. Blah 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 blah. But I, I guess they have to do these things to then in order to get, you know, a bit of coverage to get into the MX250, which is the natural progression for a young rider into MX2. Yeah. So I, I think I just answered your question quite, quite well. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not going that deep into it. I'm just saying as a surface. Like, I, I, think, I think the MX250 works perfectly. I'm, I'm it, not said anything about MX250. I thought you did. No, I was saying the fact that Tundel has gone from EMX Open to EMX 250 means that EMX Open still proves that EMX Open is like a class with a bit of everything in it. Like it's got the old guys, the young guys. Like it needs to have a, I'm saying EMX Open needs to have a clear identity. I'm not going to question EMX 250, obviously. That's, that's like the most flawless program ever. Is. I, I, I got excited about EMX 450 when I seen Dan Thornhill turn up in Italy because I, I think. That Dan Thornhill got more coverage in literally one week than he has done in a whole year. Well, yeah, because there's been four races in Britain and he's just done three races in a week. Exactly. So, and, and I, but I, well, I, I, do, are, I mean, that's just, sorry, sorry, yeah, so, yeah. But I, I would say that even if there was 20 races in Britain this year, people still looked, all eyes were on him into that. It's, even if there was a full run in a, a British or whatever. What I'm saying is that there's still more coverage for him in an EMX Open 450 class than there wasn't like by doing a whole season in, in the UK. Even if there was no coronavirus, hands down, you'd have got more. Oh, yeah, more coverage. yeah. So it's like Dan, Dan Thornhill um, in in Italy is a good reminder to every British rider that if you want to get exposure, if you want to get um, you know sponsors on board and everything else. EMX 450. And it's just like, if it's bonkers that a British company won't support you to go and do an EMX 450 to give them more coverage. Like, how does that even work out? I don't know about more sponsors, but as far as more coverage, yeah. And I guess that one leads, I guess one leads to the other, so. Right, exactly. Because as a sponsor, like for, if, if I was, a, let's put my even strokes hat on. If um, I, I, I sponsored Dan Thornhill and I said, oh, you know, I really want you to DMX 450 because um, a lot of people are going to be following you and your progress and everything else because it's an interesting story um, and, and that you're going to get coverage uh, being English and, um, you know, people are going to look to you. It doesn't matter whether you're, where you're riding, but you're, you're, you're getting coverage. You're getting coverage for even strokes. You're, you're getting the name out there. So I, I don't know why they're not doing more of this because, yeah, that's a, it's a conversation for another day. but. You know, it, I think that EMX 450 class is perfect, literally perfect for EMX 450, perfect for those riders like Dan and, um, you know, other riders in, in the British scene or in, in the Dutch scene or, or whatever, which are, you know, MXGP is, is, is not right, too old for, for MX2. That's a perfect class because you can still um, get a lot of exposure. You can keep your, 
your, your sponsors and your brands happy. You're racing at a, a really good level. Uh, you've got old and young and, and, and everybody in there. You're going to be riding against possibly, uh, you know, Tondale's probably going to go into EMX 250 and, and probably run top fives. So you're going to be running against the young fast kids or you could be riding against um, the guys which are just outside of the... Uh, wasn't Brent Van Donick um, going to be doing some EMX 450s at the start of the year? I don't think so. I thought that was the uh, I thought that was the thing, but maybe. he would have been. Um, he would have always wanted to go on MXGP. But anyway, that EMX four fifty class is 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 a great a great option for um uh for a lot of riders. Uh, you know, and that's kind of what I, I put a little post out saying if anybody's interested in doing it, I'll, I'll, you know, we we would help them. Yeah, you so, said that on the show. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's it's, it's a good thing, really good thing. Um, yeah, so I think it has got a place. No, I'm. I'm not saying it doesn't have a place. I'm just. This, remember, I've said this on previous podcasts. It just needs an identity of its own. I'm not saying it hasn't got a place. It just needs an identity. Something that you go. Oh, EMX two fifty class. Yeah, that's a stepping stone into MX two. EMX one two five. Yeah, that's a stepping stone into EMX two fifty. EMX open. That's the. Yeah. You know. In in theory, the EMX. If they were going to package that, that should be the the support race for MXGP. Yeah. That should be it, it should be EMXG it should be MXGP support. I would say I would say it's like the national riders. That's a place for the national riders to experience what they may never have got to experience otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And then like obviously interested parties from 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 all over to want to ride at that level. You're always going to be up against um the hometown riders that where, wherever country you're going to be and who who excel at those tracks. Yeah, I just I, one thing I do worry about is um, like, I worry about you. The level in EMX Open is always going to fluctuate quite a lot. Like it will without those. Um, you need those riders who are going to be in there and they're going to do the series. Well, I'm I'm warning in the sense that like in um uh, the Trentino when EMX Open were at all three of them, um, uh, Jimmy Cloche, Cloche, yeah. Uh, who is most some people was that on Bud Racing? Uh, I don't think he was no, I don't think he was on Bud, but some people might recognise the name from uh European supercrosses or stuff. Yeah. He's in as a wild card and was clearly the best rider. And it's like, well, maybe he was actually too good for that class. But then what's the, the at the moment there's no kind of like, oh, you're too good for it or you're not good enough. Like I feel like you kind of like it's kind of like everyone just slams in there and has a go. But but yeah. actually it's new and that will kind of sort itself out as time goes on. But I didn't want to go into this much into it because I've done this rant before. So, yeah. And if uh, if David Longo is listening, uh, MXGP support class could be quite, quite a good, quite a good option. There. Oh, no, they're not going to rename it. Oh, just saying. Just just let it, let it fester there for but a little bit. That, I think it is meant to be that anyway. Like that is what it's meant. That is what it's for. Oh, I thought you wanted to put a label on it. Get some branding on there. No, I don't want branding. I just want a general like us all to be on the same page. What about MXGP two? What is this a sequel? <laughs> It's quite quite a funny one for you. Um, okay. Uh, do you know what? We haven't had Planet Motor Bombshell a week. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about, so. Well, on that note. Is that the Planet Motor Bombshell? <laughs> Planet Motor Bombshell of the week. <laughs> Planet Motor Bombshell of the week is you thinking we were done. <laughs> and actually finding out that we're not at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, uh, no. We, I don't know. Uh, well, like, I've got a lot more stuff. I feel like we've got a lot. Like, 
Well, we still got questions. We need to go through questions. Well, yeah, we've got to do that. But we haven't talked about MX2. We haven't talked about the the standouts, the shocks, the surprises for MXGP this year. Like they're not well, going anywhere, mate. They're not well, going anywhere. We still got next week. Well, should we save? We'll save the surprises, shocks, and standouts from MXGP for next week. Yeah, let's let's talk about that a bit more in depth when we're you know we because that's what we're going to be talking about. That'd be good. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk MX two a little bit? Just general season wrap up. No, no. Um, I'd like to talk about that next week. I'd like to point. I'd like to shine a light on one thing quickly. Of course you do. Let's go. Um, you may have heard that I have driven the Ben Watson bandwagon oh, to to literally stalker level seven. You may have heard that I was the, the conductor on said bandwagon. Yeah, you did um, fall off of that. You did fall off of that bus, though, didn't you? I don't know why you say that. Yeah, there was a dark period in your life where a couple of years you went off that bandwagon. A couple of years? I'm just talking about the last three or four. Oh, I've got a friend called Sean who was there when at least 18 months you were off the Ben Watson bandwagon. I know you don't like to talk about it. You were talking about 2012 or something. No. No, yeah, you... I know what you're talking But anyway. No, there was an early time, I remember, being in McDonald's in Lommel. And there was an early time there, yeah. You, no, you, yeah, the, the bus that. crashed. No, you were far off with that one. Because no, no. this was your first year in Lommel for quite some time. You're, you're actually worried now because you know that Ben's probably listening to this and he's going to be like, oh my God, Lewis didn't believe me. No, you've got this. As normal, you've got your wires very much crossed. I don't think so. And I, I will get a quote okay. from my friend Sean. I will, I will, um, I will fight you to the death on that because you like to spread a lot of shit. But anyway, no, no, no. I you will... to finish because this isn't what this isn't what I was bringing it up for. I will speak to Sean Ogden, who is our referee, and he was there. So I will get clarification this week, and I will, I will uh, bring back a result next week on next week's show. Okay. Either way, so you may have okay, you may have heard, but I've driven this bandwagon. I drove it into the 2020 season. I piloted it. I, I really delivered this bandwagon. Spent a lot of time in your room thinking about it. Wasn't I right? With what, sorry? The, just driving this bandwagon. In, in what way? Well, like, the like everything I said was going to happen came true. Yeah, but I, I guess if, if you put so much shit out there... You know, at one point, it's all, you know, you're going to say something that's right. That's what you've done this year. You've just said a load of shit, and one thing's like come off, or three things have come off after a hundred things you've said. And then you're like, oh, I'm like an oracle. I think, I, I think a lot of stuff I've, I've said this year has come off. Yeah, about three things. Cold enough. Right. Cold enough, which who, who now hates you. Um... <laughs> no, no, I know. Can we just, like, I know. No, if you're walking through the pit lane next year and he's on his bike going to track, he is definitely 100% going to run you over. But the point is... He won't even look back as well. He will literally just hit you. It'll probably wheelie over you with his mechanic on the back and won't even look back. I'm trying to get to a point here. You'll just be like, let in look like... The point... Glenn, I'm trying to get to a point. That was an opportunity. I'm trying to get to a point here. What, what point is that? Um... Five out of six podiums in the last six rounds and two out of the last four wins. I feel like that was the Ben Watson that could have happened at any point in the last three years. 
Yeah, that was it. Was taking nothing away. Awesome, awesome end to the season for him. So oh, and good, not, and not surprising in the slightest. Not even, not even a blink of the eye surprising. A yep, cool. Like, like if I was not actually watching the race and I was locked in a dark room somewhere, and someone slipped a note under the door that said Lommel GP was today, and Trentino GP was today, and Watson won, and Watson won, I'd be like, yep. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, what? I'd be like, no, yeah, okay. Slide the paper back, be like, okay. And also, I've also co-driven, whilst also whilst whilst focusing a lot of time on the Ben Watson bandwagon, I have not neglected the Jed Beaton bandwagon. And I'd like to point out that in the last month of the year, they went one-two. And it was like watching my hard work come to life. I bet it was. Like, just... Just like I just I just like watched them come past on the last lap, one two, and I was like, "Yep, I nailed this." Yeah. Should we have a, a a new section? What called um, Lewis's bus? And well, we just talk about all your riders. There was actually a question for the tweet segment this week that I didn't put in, but it was saying along those lines. Of what? Um, well, I'm just double-checking whether I actually put it in there or not. I didn't know. No, I didn't. Uh, I'll find it quickly for you as soon as it's on that. See, it's, it's along those lines. Um, someone named... Oh, Christ. Mike someone... Huh? Mike Hunt? Some, someone named K-Y... K-R-Z-Y-S-Z-T. I'd imagine Joe that's Mike why... Crevis? Someone named Christoph? We'll say Christoph. Someone named Christoph Tomaszekic. Um <laughs> What was his surname? Tom Tomasek. 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 That's it. Tomasek. Put question to James on whose bandwagon do you see Lewis before the 2021 season? Oh. I didn't put it in, but Oh. That's I'd gonna like be to an interesting one. Now. I'd like to announce now. Formally announce. Yeah. I have re-signed with the Ben Watson bandwagon for MXGP. Okay. I've driven it through MX2, and I could have, after the last GP of the MX2 career, I could have hopped off, slapped it on the side, and gone, go on without me. Nope, I've buckled in, and I think we, as a bandwagon, could be yep. on for success next year. So you think a bigger buffer Ben um, has kept you on the bandwagon? I don't know what that means, but I am re-signed for the bandwagon, and we are steaming into 2021. With a couple of extra years. It is going to be steamy. And Um, you know what? what? We may have to hire a second bus because obviously after the recent success, it started to fill up even more. But us OGs are still just sat in the front seat like, yep, you can all latch on. Um, I'd like to announce that I will be re-signing with the Jed Beaton bandwagon. I think he'll be really good next year. Yeah. Let me think. I guess I need to, do I want to get on a new bandwagon? Well, Uh, that was going to be um, my ask: is what, who is who is the new I'm fan favorite for for Phillips? Well, not a fan favorite; it's just people I believe in. Okay. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some. I'm trying to think of whose bandwagon I'm really not on at the moment, but I will get on. Um, what about uh, Guadagini? You know what? I don't know if this is going to count, but you can decide whether this is acceptable or not. I think I'm getting on the feather of the bandwagon. I think you were you were on that bandwagon, but what I worry about you is you you do have these little moments where you just drop them. 
No, I'm on the Federer bandwagon to a point where when it comes to um, like giving, splitting up the pie for like, uh, I'll give 50% chance to Geyser for winning the title, 40% for Hurlins, blah, blah, blah. I will give Fevra a percentage now, whereas I didn't do that at the start of this year. So I think that... Here's a little, here's a little one for you. Uh, is he a contender next year? That's, well, I've just answered that, yeah. I, I am at that point now where I will not rule him out, no. Is that the Planet Motor Bombshell of the week, James? I believe all the factory teams head to Spain for riding, where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Motor Holidays provide accommodation, mills, transport, and more. There is even a Planet Moto Academy running now, which is perfect to prepare for the 2021 racing season. Visit their site or social media at Planet Motor Holidays for more. That was our Planet Moto bombshell of the week. That Lewis is going to create a Roman Febro bus. I, feel, I, I don't know. I don't know, because I don't want to, I don't want it to come across like I'm picking him as the favourite to win the title. But in my, if I look at it now, I give, uh, I say that the contenders for next year's title are Geyser, Crowley, Hurlings, Prado. Yeah. Dua. Evra. No, yeah. Wait, I feel like I'm missing someone. No, yeah. Watson. Okay, here's a question. Um, what has been sent in by uh, uh, at Phil My Crevice? Oh, and uh, he has said if Jed Beaton and Ben Watson were in a burning building and you could only take one person out, who would you take? Um, do you know the funny question? Uh, no. Jed Beaton asked me this very question in Trentino. Really? Yeah. This doesn't surprise me. Well, I couldn't lie. I had to tell him that he would burn alive. <laughs> <laughs> Was he sad? Well, because if you look at, um, I did an Instagram post on MX Vice with like the most interviewed riders this year. Yeah. And uh, Ben Watson was I, I did comment on that. Ben Watson was first, 13 interviews. Jeremy Seal was second, 12 interviews. Jed Beaton was, nine, was third with nine interviews. And Jed Beaton's comment of laughing faces, of course, would be the fact, would, was referring to the fact that he was behind Ben. That's fantastic. That's a, a good point. If you if you do get uh if you do like to bench race, if you do like these little facts uh from Lewis, then head over to Instagram at MX Vice. Uh Twitter is at Motocross Vice, where Lewis does love to talk. So if you have any questions or if you want to bench race, and we also do have a, a Facebook group that we're trying to to push forward. Um it's kind of more British stuff, but we're kind of like oh, I kind uh, of crashed and burned that group, but I might bring it back now I've got time. Actually, can I make a can I have a rant? Do you know what really grinds my gears? Oh, oh, yeah. Let's do it. You know what? What? I might make this grind my gears thing a regular thing because I've got I could because like when I was in Trentino, there was a lot of stuff that I was ripped down and they grind my gears. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you know what grinds my gears though? Let's grind them. Um, we have done 13 GPs in six weeks. Yeah. I have a lot of mechanics, a lot of teams, a lot of media. But we are one of the few media, especially independent media, who went to every single round. It was a lot of travel. It was a lot of, it took a toll on everyone in that paddock. It was like, at the end of Trentino, we're all in there like, fuck me, this was difficult. The, the other thing as well is explain to everybody how many COVID tests did you have? 16. 16 COVID tests. Like, forget. Right. One thing is the actual COVID test in itself. The, the, the second thing is 
how long it takes to have the bloody COVID test and queue up two meters apart. The third thing is the cost. 16, we have four employees times by 70 quid. Well, no, because those 16 include some free ones. Ooh, how do we get a freebie? The English ones are free. Oh, it's just, a, it's just the ones in different countries we pay for. We had one in the NHS, which was free. Yeah, true. I thought you paid for the one which is 24 hours old. No. Oh, okay. But anyway, do you want me to grind my gears? Yeah, let's grind them. Just the fact of like, we are the only, like, we are the only, well, not like, we are one of the only independent media who went to every single round of MXGP this year. And that involves a lot of traveling. That involves a lot of queuing up for COVID tests and a lot of this and a lot of that. And like walking around, talking to people and trying to understand what's going on. So like I could have that conversation with DeSalle to tell people on this podcast about what happened with RCH and yet. But people seem to think that I have 75 hours in a day and I can go around and give every EMX open rider a slap on the ass and be like, go get them, go get them. Like, no, I haven't got that time. I cannot, I, as much as I would love to absolutely cheer my heart out for every single rider and got like be like, right, it's Saturday today. I'm going to interview 72 riders. Unfortunately, wake up. The real world doesn't work that way. We all have to adhere to time restrictions and we've all only got 24 hours in a day. And you know what? Sometimes not everything gets done. Not everyone gets that pat on the back and that shoulder barge and that way you go get them. We, you've got to just like a little bit of re, like realistic thinking, please. But what about the for betters in this world? Like, genuinely, I feel like people expect like I don't I don't know what people think happens. Like, I'll be honest, right? So when I I had this half an hour discussion with DeSalle, right about his like off a record about his retirement and America and like regrets and dream like just general chit chat and shit. Yeah. While that was going on, the EMX Open Moto was going on. But I thought to myself, you know what? It's more value to the sweet people listening to this podcast for me to be having this conversation now because this is what people want to know about more. And I'm here. I'm one of the, a lot of people are sat at home pretending to be media and watching EMX Open on MXGP TV right now, like yourself. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm going to have this conversation with DeSalle because this is what I can deliver to the people by be making the effort to actually be here. Now, would, would, was that me going, fuck the EMX Open, fuck them all, fuck you all, hey, fuck you? No, it wasn't. It was me trying to be the best journalist that I can be. And I know this is going to sting. I know this is going to sting people. But more people care about that information from DeSalle than me cheerleading for the people in EMX Open. I know this hurts. I know, but we have to face the facts. And does that mean that I'm just going to ignore the EMX open people? Not at all. Now that I actually have time, because as I mentioned, 13 GPs in six weeks, I spent a lot of fucking time booking flights and sitting in airports. Now I've got the time, I have plans to talk to these EMX open people because, again, hate to break this to you, they weren't a priority. But I have time now, and I can talk to these people and shine a light on them. But all I ask is patience. That's all I ask. I'm not asking a lot. Driving the Ben Watson bandwagon is a full-time job. Yeah, but aren't, aren't we supposed to uh, generate all our own money and uh, 
work hard to promote other people so then not get thanked. It's not even that. It comes down to when I wake up at a GP, I think to myself, right, I need to be the best journalist I can possibly be today. And I need to emulate the people who I grew up reading and still listen to their stuff, like the Mathises, the Wygants, the Adam Wheelers of the world. I need to bring that level from America to GPs. And what does that mean? Do I need, like, you will admit, when I first started in GPs, I got way too, I was way too obsessed with, like, I've got to be on my laptop at all times and blah, blah, blah. Whereas now I've kind of grown into my role a bit where I'll spend four hours walking through the pits just chatting shit with everyone because that is where the valuable relationships and information comes from. Who taught you that, Lewis? They didn't teach me. It was just more me like growing into confidence. Um, Who taught you that, Lewis? Okay, I guess you want to take some credit here. But my point is just a bit of like time. Just give me just a bit of pay. Like this really just boils down to the people that want me to bloody interview every single EMX open rider on a line. And I just can't do it. Just can't. Because the MXGP and MX2 is what people care about. Do you not grind my gears? When I talk a lot? Nope. When I never get credit for anything. Oh. Well, the pam- unfortunately, you won't get credit for that rant either because no one's got time for that. Um. Right, let's go for a break. We need a break after that. I- I'm going to have to go and get some fucking tablets. Um. Yeah, I, I when I I had a five hour sleep after Tesco's yesterday, and I think I'm going to need a ten hour sleep after this podcast. I thought show. you, I thought you quite enjoyed that, man. It was it was great. Yeah, it was I, I, do you know what? Do you know what? I I I feel you, and I I I, I do get frustrated with the shit I read online. I probably shouldn't read it online. I, I think the best thing I do now is I don't actually react to it. Where before I used to take everything personal, and and I know that we do the best that we can do given what we do with the you know, resources and the time and everything else. Like, no, there's no one that works harder, hands down, in, in this industry, in media, than us. I can, but what we, what we produce between the, the smallest of teams and the smallest of budgets is, is unbelievable and the level that we, we get to. So, you know, it's, you're, you're quite right. Was it 13 GPs in six weeks? Incredible. Normally when we'd have two GPs in a row weekend off, that provides the time to then shine a spotlight on other things. Unfortunately, with the way this year has been so fucked up, through September to now, all we've been able to focus on is MXGP race to MXGP race to MXGP race. But now, a bit of normality will come back, which is amazing. How about we all just realise what's going on in the world? Yeah, I do do think a lot of it is, um, usually when someone's shouting and screaming, they're under a lot of pressure themselves. So not, not you shouting and screaming, I mean the people who, who kind of moan in and in, in, in that sort of stuff. So they're usually under a lot of pressure themselves. And, and you know, the, these teams obviously, or, or people, riders, they want to get um, exposure themselves and they want to do stuff. But there is ways of getting exposure rather than just saying basically how shit we are in, in how great other things are. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like, they're, they're probably frustrated themselves in the fact that they probably haven't done the, the, the best job that they would like to keep their sponsors. So it's easy to, to literally hit us with a, uh, you know, something. I I thought it was, I'm just trying were, to come up with some, some, some theory of, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, yeah. That's fine. It's my grind, my gears. You don't need to contribute. You don't need to justify. Okay. Right. Uh, brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat Planet Motor Holidays, Brox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, 
Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. That was brought to you uh, by KYB with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 50 of the MX Vice podcast show. 50 episodes, Lewis. Can't believe it. It sounds like a bit like a bigger number now, doesn't it? Like for some reason, 50 sounds like a bigger number than 49, which I guess isn't mental because it actually is. Well, the other thing as well is, uh, how long have we been doing this now for? Because well, if this is 50, it's 50, 52 weeks in a year, but is it two well, years we've been doing this? Or? It should be much higher. Yeah, we've, we've kind of done one every two weeks, haven't we, instead of in, on average? Well, it's kind of your fault. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got to put my hands up to that one. The final part of the MX5 show is brought to you by Talon Engineering, the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets, teams like Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna Factory Race in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC KTM, Bill Base Honda, and more. Put trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. For those out there that are looking for a new set of wheels, keep your eyes posted on evenstrokes.com. We've just had a Black Friday taster where you could have saved 10% on your Talon wheels. We have some 
really, really good uh, prizes. And we have some really good competitions. We have some really good offers coming on for Black Friday. Uh, We've not spoken about it before because nothing's been put out there. But what we've got is we've got two sets of Talon Evo wheels uh, worth £600 a set. And anyone who purchases over Black Friday weekend, Lewis will get all the names from all the orders. He'll put it into his randomizer, his Wheel of Fortune spinny thing. And two people are going to walk away with, just by ordering, making an order on uh, even strokes, two people are going to be chosen. Um, Two people are going to walk away with uh, a pair of Talon Evo wheels each. So how about that? That's pretty cool, hey? You get rewarded for buying. I was more concerned that you were involving me in this. Oh, no, we just need you and your will, mate. Well, you will have to pay yeah, uh, we, we do want the sound effects though. So can you bring that to the to the party? Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there, you're on. Um, now, one of our favorite segments, Liat Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Thank you for everybody who sent through the questions this week. Uh, and last week, because we didn't run the show last week, because obviously I was... That, and the week before, uh, all on me. I put my hands up. I was, I was very, very ill. Um, did you what know we, that... Sorry? Well, two weeks ago, I was playing travel agent as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know... It, but from, from the, here on, as long as neither of us get corona, we're all good. Uh, did you know that the... And also, we can just take two paracetamols, can't we, Lewis? Well, you might need three based on how ill you've been, but... Yeah, we may have to add that dose. Okay, Liat asked Vice anything. Did you know that the Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that it is highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Remember, Liat can now cater to your needs with helmets, goggles, gear, and boots. Everything you need can be found at Liat by a new 9.5 9.5 carbon helmet and get a free set of Liat goggles. Um, one thing which we're hoping to, to do a little bit more in the future is, is to talk more about these products and the people who are behind them. So um, it'd be great to get Dave on the show um, from Liat and start talking about these products to really get an understanding about the benefits of them. Well, I've got some bad news for you, James. What is this bad news? It's been great doing this show with you, and I will, be, I will still be here with you, but I'm going my own way and starting a new show in the MX Vice podcast network. Thank goodness. Does this, does this mean I can retire? No, you'll still be on this show. Until oh, okay. a replacement out there. Okay. I did offer Tommy Selv a job of replacing you. He actually what? declined, so who knows? Really? Well, I probably did. I can't remember. Um, I think he just ignored me, which is probably more likely will happen. Same, yeah. But I will be... Uh, we'll, talk about the, we'll talk about the end of the show, but I, am, I will be... There will, the MX Vice podcast network will be growing beyond this one steaming pile that you are involved in. That's good. So you're going to be doing something way more professional? Pretty much. Can I be part of it? No, you can't. Okay. We're trying to get you out of this one. Okay. Just think, we would have had two weeks extra of shows in the last three weeks. If you want to hold on to that for a little bit longer, that's great. Uh, Matt Jones, can Geyser go on to matching Everett's 10 titles? It's interesting, isn't it? How old is he? 
I'm just Googling that now. 24. What? So, 10 titles. Well, if he's going to go as long as Crowley, then you would think that 10, that's only six more. But I can't see him going that long. Um, I had no idea it was only 24. But is it possible? I would say he, him, I don't think, well, actually, someone told me that on Dutch TV, We've obviously speculated a few times that at the end of Hurling's current contract, which runs out end of 2023, he'll retire. Yeah. Someone told me that on Dutch television, he said that. Oh. I'm not certain because I still haven't seen this. So, but I don't, Hurling's isn't going to stick around long enough to hit 10 world title. No. So it's the next most likely can, well. Prado. Well, that's what I was going to say. The uh, Geyser or Prado. I don't know who I'd bet on. I don't actually don't know who who would like guys has got four, Prado's got two, but Prado's also nineteen. Yeah, I think Prado Pr- for me, Prado's gotta be the uh I don't know. Out, out of all of them, looking at who they've got to race against, how many years they got left. But there again, does Prado up sticks and go to America at some point? No, he won't. But um, no, it's interesting from the point, like, so Guys has clearly got time on his side to do it. But so has Prado. But Geyser is always going to have to deal with Prado, whereas there will come a time when Prado doesn't have to deal with Geyser, Hurlings, Crowley, or anyone in that group, if you get what I mean. So that could be the time for Prado to really stack them up. But... Uh, this now, that's what I mean. 2020 has changed my opinion on Geyser completely. And if he went on to win 10 world, 10 world titles, yeah, I can see that now. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still a, like that's a massive number, and it, like maybe no one ever will. No, the, the more I think about it, the fact that he'd have to win every year for the next six years, which will take him up to his 30th birthday and win consecutive titles. Yeah, but that's on the basis that he retires when he's 30. If he, if he goes as long as Caroli is, then that the numbers then stack up a little nicer. Still, you're yeah, but that's six titles from eight years. I mean, that's a huge, huge number, and a huge amount of consistency. I'm not, I would probably say it's not. I reckon guys will end on seven or eight. Yeah, six, seven, eight. Hey, who knows? I didn't see him winning this year, so I had my money on KTM one, two, three. So what do I know? I would ask what you know as well. <laughs> I thought you, uh, I, I really want to bring back the percentages that you gave Hurlins for winning this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, but then you're going to make me argue the fact that he was 60 points up after five rounds or whatever it was. Okay. Um, okay. At CR Dory. Hi, Colin. Does the performances of Lupino and Van Donick over the last two GPs take the shine off from Vlanderen's season? They both ran top five regularly and CV10 has struggled to get close. Do you just put it down to the weakened field? We can't forget that field is weak. It's it's weak. There's a lot of injuries. Andrew hasn't struggled to get close. No. He was top he, he finished top five. So um yeah. I don't think that I don't think that takes a shine off of Vlanderin's season, and Vlanderin is still a better rider than Lupino and Van Donick. And I actually think it's quite shocking that he didn't get a factory seat himself for next year. He must have been close to the Kawasaki one. Must have been. Not sure. I believe so. 
Yeah, you got you got to think that that must have been. Uh, uh, imagine if Vlandrin had two hundred thousand. I bet he would have got a Kawasaki seat. Well, who knows? Who knows, right? Uh, at Phil White one nine two, who's next to throw in a towel? Retirement is in the air. Well, hopefully me, Phil. <laughs> that was quite funny. <laughs> um, I I would go Van Horbeck now. Yeah. Like he, I can't see a I can't see a logical place for him to end up for next year. He just had twins, I believe. Um, and also what happened in that second moto on the Wednesday in Trentino must have been a bit of a scare to make him to like, if he was on the fence, I'd imagine that would have been enough of a scare for him to go. Ah, fuck it. I reckon we're going to see Van Horbeek, Strybos, and then Caroli. Van Horbeek, Strybos. I forgot about Strybos. Yeah. Oh, I haven't texted him in a while. Yeah. He's got a little one, hasn't he? Another, another one. Yeah. That was or, a while. Yeah. So, um, he's got two, has he got two now or has he got one on the way? I can't remember. I told I said to someone in Trentino that someone someone said to me in Trentino, James doesn't know a lot about motocross, does he? And I went, No, but the one thing he does know about is who how many kids people have in the <laughs> And you've proven it. Yeah, there's this is what happens when, when you're a dad. Up and you're just having a full on debate. Like how many how many has he got there? Yeah, this this is what happens when you're when you're a dad and that and you, this, uh, that's what how I end up talking to the riders now and stuff like that. It's just about oh, kids in when I said to said person that the one thing you do know about is how many kids each person has, they said that sounds very creepy. And it does like, sound oh. very creepy, yeah. But when when you're talking to riders and because a lot of the riders and a lot of the riders' wives um, uh, follow like myself, well, follow Olivia through myself. So weirdly, like people don't ask how I am; they ask ask how Olivia is. So when I go to a GP and they, they say, "Oh," How's your daughter? Da, da, da. She, she's, you know, she looks da, 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 da. and then it's like, ah, oh, see, and I'm like, well, what about me? So it's just one of those things. When, when, you, when you've got children one day, um, probably never gonna happen, but if you did, maybe you could foster some or something, um, then you'd, you'd have something to talk about other than motocross. I've got plenty to talk about. Like what? Nah. What special offers are on at Nando's? No, I um, I may only, I may only be able to talk motocross with you, but um. So what do you talk to your mum about then? No, I had a lot of, I had a lot of entertaining discussions in the paddock in Trentino. Really? Yep. What about? No, you, you should, you could, you should have been there. Should, should have been there. <laughs> Callum Crossland, what's happened to the regular MX Vice videos from the GPS? Has Sean, has Sean not been at the events? Ah, good question. Good question. I can take this. Okay, go. Um, Sean's been at every single GP, but a uh, with, as his brother Wes with with the um the turnaround of like two days between each GP and a triple header, that's not enough time to get a full um video turned around for YouTube. And also, um, all season long we were fi- like, this is the thing. Like going back to my previous grind my gears one, like we work on a lot of stuff that people don't realize. So. Basically, at every GP, as well as doing all the MX Vice stuff, we've been working on an MX Vice Monster Energy collab, which is basically like the YouTube videos you're asking for, Callum. But it's a bit deeper and it's a bit like a more in-depth look at like the COVID season. So basically, Sean's actually just sent me now a, a link to the first draft of the first video. But in the next six weeks or so, there'll be a couple released that is basically a culmination 
of the COVID season as a whole. So, you sound very proud of that. What is it? A good video? Well, no, I haven't watched it yet, but I know, oh. I know what we, I know the work we, I know what we got in Trentino because this was basically we put probably three days of it of work into this in Trentino. Like, how, the... how many interviews did you guys do when you're in Trentino? Well, for this video, we did like eleven, but in total, with like MX Vice and everything, I think I did over fifty interviews that week. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. But um, no, so. Um, next year will be more in a more regular pattern. Sean has been at every GP, but for now we should have some good off-season content coming to YouTube soon. Yeah, um, and we do we do have two videographers. So there's Sean and his brother Wes. So Wes is uh, predominantly on the gimbal um, in getting kind of like the free moving shots. Um, you'll see him dot about always on MXGP MXGP TV um, along with his brother Sean. The the other thing what people what people don't might not realize is that as well as uh lewis reporting and sean doing videos and that lot we all kind of work behind the scenes on working with riders teams brands sweet so believe it or not the the brands that you follow uh some of them are updated by us at the events away from the events um we do a lot of pr for the teams the riders uh and brands again we produce a lot of videos what you see out there so so the good ones, that is. The videos, what you see out there, what haven't got MX Vice on, that, that's us. So we, we have to do all this work. Um, it, it, we, we don't just go to MXGP to do, unfortunately, content for ourselves. We can't afford to do that. We'd probably need uh, around about 50 grand a year for traveling plus um, 100,000 plus for wages and stuff like that. So uh, we haven't got 150,000. A year just like sat about. That's why we do everything we do. So, um, and also, this monster project is quite cool. So it's cool. Like a few, I know a few riders have asked for MX Vice Monster Energy collabs. So it's, a, it's turning into quite a cool thing. Yeah, and we've got a really good relationship with Monster, and you know, with everybody we work. It's not like we we don't want to do it. We do. We we enjoy the work what we do. However, it's we can't do as much with MX Vice as we'd like to because we have to earn fair shoutless. Um. Uh. Yeah, but also we pick and we pick and choose. The, like we only work with stuff we want to work on, like cool brands and cool stuff. So, yeah. Uh, like for instance, oh, hello. I um I do the social and PR for uh Monster Energy Yamaha Factory MXGP, which coincides perfectly with my side job of driving the Ben Watson bandwagon. Now there we go. It's, it's all about killing those multiple birds. One thing. Yeah. I cannot wait for you to um, start writing about Cold North next year and, and you guys just sitting down having a coffee, talking about any opportunities yeah, that might come up. Fine, you're, um, you're playing this way out of proportion. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> At 126Mick, does the Barsha move to the KTM Husky Gas Gas family increase his chances of an MXGP ride in the future? No, he's not coming to GPs next. Okay, do you don't want to give Mick some a bit more airtime um, there? I feel like we've had this question a lot this year. He's not he's never coming to GPs. But he's we can still hold on, Lewis. We can hold on for hope. He's never coming to GPs. That sh that ship needed to dock. As yeah. Europeans, we do love Americans coming to ride MXGP, don't we? Well there's a massive fascination well, about this. Now Covington's retired. We have no one, do we? But no, Sinai's, Sinai's gone. gone. Yeah. So yeah. Who's next? Hashtag we, who's next. We need some Americans. Come on yeah. over. 
And it actually seems as though now, I don't think we're going to have anyone for quite a while. But I can't think of anyone. I can't think of a potential candidate. Mumford? Uh, no, he's signed. With, well, he's on the verge of signing with someone else in America. Bugger. Um, that was only a loose rumour anyway. <sighs> Damn. Okay. Uh, at Oski underscore 985. Oh. Did I? Oh, sorry. At Chris Matthews. Is my free t-shirt ever going to arrive? Also, it's been a while since Marv and KR went to the States. Who's going to be the next big crossover success from GPs to America? Kind of got to put my head up to the free t-shirt. That's my, my bad. Actually, everyone, everyone, people of the world, if you ever get promised a free t-shirt or congratulations, you've won this or XXX, and if that message ends with thanks, James, <laughs> you're not going to receive it. At that point, you need to take a screenshot of that message, send it to me, and then I will make sure that it gets delivered. So, so, so true. Although James just said that he holds his hands up, I am now going to relieve James of that role, and I will take on the T-shirt that James promised you, and I will make sure that it arrives at you soon. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea, actually. If it's not Lewis, then it's Rob, because um, Rob's the actual guy who sends everything out. And actually... If no one tells Rob, it doesn't get sent out. Messages signed off with thanks, James, JB, the big J, or whatever. You're not getting it. You need to then contact me. Send that message. Screenshot the message, send it to me, and I'll then I'll see it's legit, and I'll sort it out. It's the man flu. It's been your lifelong problem. Yeah, I think I'm just a man flu by bubbling, you know, just... Um, and uh, the, the second part of the question, similarly to... Um, not really having any Americans coming over here. I don't think it's going to, I don't really feel like anyone's on the verge of going the other way. Only DeSalle, if you can find a ride. Well, that's not really a, like, that's not really on the same. Um, Do you know what would be cool? Is to, to have a team, like uh, a team which sends over, like has riders different, oh, both, both sides. Dylan Walsh? Dylan Walsh. Dylan Walsh? That's the answer to that question. Dylan Walsh. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that would be cool to have two teams where riders can come and ride different series. Okay, you enjoy... Um, when I win the lottery, that's what I'm going to do. What, and you're also going to buy Supercross and buy MXGP to make the calendars line up? 67 million. Okay. That'll get me for a year. Um, yeah, next question. Okay, at Uski underscore 985, why not... An Australian GP. Indonesia gets one, so travel can't be the reason. Um, they did well, try. What, two yeah. years ago, we had people over from Australia, and it all sounded awesome. Yeah, they were, yeah. Well, uh, that would have been the, big, the first round of last year. Uh, was it 19? Yeah. yeah, 2019, we, we, we met the delegation. The Australian people were mincing around the press room. Because they came up to us. I don't think they were mincing, mate. <laughs> they came up to us. If, if we... anybody minces around the press room, that's you. <laughs> they came up to us and they said, do you expect to have these plugs at every round? And I genuinely was just like, I have no idea who these people are. Like, oh, what? And then it turns out they were, they were shopping for information for their Australian GP. But I keep meaning to ask what actually happened with that. But... I presume it's just another one that like got close but didn't quite come off. And obviously now, from what I read on Lad Bible, uh, there aren't going to be international flights 
to Australia until uh, winter 2022. So I guess that means that you'll be waiting until 2023 at least for the Australian GP. Yeah, like I said, it sounded like it was close at one point. Um, you know, we we talked to the, the Australian delegation who came over to try and, you know, to I think they were doing like a feasibility of it. So it looks like it, it got that far, but then it kind of, we've not heard anything since. Uh, at Grant. Not, travel is not the reason, though. As as Uski says, uh, it's not because it's too far or whatever. Nah. And I think everyone, uh, promoter, riders, teams, and me, would love to go to Australia. Right? And me, I would come back as a journalist. You probably wouldn't be invited. Okay. Um, at Grant underscore Jones 36, can you see Watson being a top five guy yeah. in MXGP next year? Okay. Yeah. Yes. But if that's, uh, if that's like family fortunes and you've got a buzz in, then yes. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to say the same for um, Olsen as well. The bandwagon, we're in gear, seatbelts on, we ain't stopping. Choo-choo. There we, there we go. Choo-choo indeed. Uh, at Kevin C430, Jeffrey Hurlins, Tim Geyser or Jorge Prado for the MXGP title in 2021. I don't know. I'm going to go Prado. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. That's... My, my, heart's, my, my heart says Hurlins. My head says Geyser. Oh, <laughs> Something else is saying Prado. My stomach is saying Prado. Is it your penis? Uh, yeah. No, it's my, it's my stomach. It's my heart. <laughs> uh, my heart is saying Hurlins. So I can really believe <laughs> Yes. <laughs> My heart says Hurlins because I genuinely believe that going into every year that Hurlins is healthy, he is going to be difficult to beat. My head says Geyser because he's just done two in a row. So, like, why not three in a row? Yeah. And my gut feeling is Prado because I feel like we could be in for something special with Prado. That's basically where I'm at going into 2021. And then, of course, I'm kind of on the Fevra bandwagon now, so that's doing something. The Fevra bandwagon is not quite moving as quickly as the Ben Watson bandwagon, but then what would? There we go. <laughs> okay. Um, at Tom underscore Grimshaw 16, who are you more impressed with, Isaac Gifting or T-Bolt Benestant? Do you want to go? Do you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to answer C, Ben Watson. Uh, probably. I'm going to go gifting just because of the performance I've seen in Lommel. Um, in that, that was, that was good. And he's not looked out of place as well. Running top five. He didn't look out of place in MX2. I would, I would go gifting solely because, um, of where he was in EMX as well. Well, yeah, like Beniston was kind of groomed to be what he was in Trentino in MX2. Like well, that wasn't a surprise, but gifting, it's not a surprise now because we're all used to it. but he really kind of delivered out of nowhere. So yeah. it's a shock factor, gifting. Well, I mean, if, if it had started a year, given that he's in EMX 250 anyway, and somebody said, what do you think about that guy getting third in Lommel? You'd probably go, no, not, not a chance, mate. You'd be like, I'm sorry, who? Yeah. So, yeah, good question, Tom. I think uh, definitely uh, gifting for me. And that's not taking anywhere anything from Benestan. I think he's going to go on and do big things in MX2, but 
Yeah, I was really impressed with with gifting. Uh, Logan Booth, does Dylan Walsh deserve a ride for 2021? I think so. First year on the 450s, and he had top 15s plus whole shots. So do I. 100%. Hopefully that's not come to a, uh, a stop him. He, he gets a good ride next year, or right a ride now, next year. I would, right now, I would probably bet on him doing Supercross as a privateer. Really? Yeah. Wow. But he deserves it, but I just don't think he can ride for free, so... No. What can you do? Um, but he fully deserves it. Like, if, if I'm Jackie Martins, I'm, like, Walsh or Chervelin? Chervelin has been better than people give him credit for, including me. Yeah. But I think I still go Walsh. Yeah, I think you got to look at the... I think, I think commercially, Walsh could be very good for a brand or a, um, a company. Um, if used right, you know. Um, that's not taken away from Trevlin. It's just um, Dylan comes across really well, good interviews and, and everything else. So it seems to be easier to work with from on the media side. At Gurf Tim, who will be the strongest MX2 rider behind VL next year? Rank Gertz, Renault, Benestant, Van Moosdijk, De Wolf, and Beaton. Any other riders added to this group? Well, you've got to add um, Gifting into there. Because obviously right. he's what you would have said muse yeah gifting muse um Bra-ra-may? Bra-ra-may, absolutely um and i i don't think you can rule out fernandez eh, no i'm not putting him in that group i don't know mate he's been battling top fives you know in top threes threat races it's only gonna be it's not gonna be long before he puts it all together and is he gonna be working with sorby next year who? Oh, Sorby. I thought you meant. I thought you said Sordy, as in Stephen Sword. No, 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 no. Eric Sorby. Uh, so, if he goes to one one four, as rumored, then I guess so. Yeah. So it's. I don't know. But I'm. You know, he's not been shy of teams. He's had a few before, and we've seen little glimpses. But I don't know. I, if the the way he's come on this year, then. But back to the question of who will be the strongest MX2 rider behind Vial. You've still got to say Gertz. 100%. But behind Gertz... It's open season. I, huh? It's open season. Behind Gertz, you've got... Um, oh, no. I, I would go. I would say it's between Renault, Moosdijk, and Beaton. Yeah, Benestant's going to... He's going to... Early for Benestant. Early for DeWolf. Early for Gifting. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Gift, I think Gifting will, will perform a bit stronger, I think, than Benestant and DeWolf. But what? I think all three of them will be... Um... No, 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 no. Beniston was second in a moto in Trentino. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think they'll have... I, th- I think all three of them will have consistency issues. I, I think Vial, Gertz, Renault, Moosdijk, Beaton are your five um, there every week guys. Add in Boirami as well. He'll be there. Yeah. I'd, I'd say Brahma. I'd say Brahma is in no man's land between that group nah. and the no way. the Ashley Beniston Harrop gifting group. No, nah, he'll be there next year. I know he'll be there. He's got a ride, but no, nah, he'll he'll be in that group, hundred percent. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, Whistler. We'll we'll go on to the next question. Uh, at Mrod one twenty, we don't see guys as dad around much lately, uh, especially these last two years. Coincidence or pressure from the team? 
as he was quite influential in Tim's way of life. Um, but last time I seen him was he was in a chopper. You're right. He isn't. He hasn't been around really for, for going on two years now. Whereas he used to be in um in on the start line <laughs> on the bike. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's request from anyone. I think it's just one of those standard cases of Tim kind of now can stand on his own two feet. He's got his uh, girlfriend Spieler at every round, like, and that's kind of his support network now. So he doesn't need to lean on his dad as much, and therefore there's not as much um, need for his dad to be at every race. Unfortunately, this happens with schoolboy dads. And I think I think guys are I think guys are well. Actually, I don't think it's quite clear in the results that the setup the guys has currently works for him. So that doesn't need to be played around with. Clearly, having the HRC guys and Spieler in his corner is kind of like what he needs to win back-to-back world titles. So it worked. But yeah, you're right. He hasn't been around really for two years now. So yeah, that's good. Um yeah, I think uh, I agree. He, he, whatever he's got around him at the moment, it's working. At Dive MX, where do you think Arnold Tonus will end up next season? Um, I would bet. Well, right now, I I would struggle to bet on anything because I don't really feel confident with anything. But if I had to bet, I'd probably go. I'd probably go down the path of this rumored new team thing. Like, yeah, again, uh, no about it don't really have any concrete information. And he doesn't seem to, as far as what he's saying, he doesn't seem to be locked in anywhere. But I can't really see a spot for him at any existing team, so. Yeah. No, I, I, I yeah, I can't say too much, but I kind of know where, where he's going. He's going to be fine. He's going to be good. At Leverett, MXGP should be a lot more fun to watch next year with more Brits in the class. We have obviously lost some in MX2. Any riders you see coming through? A lot coming to EMX Open. Yeah. Um. Well, Eddie J. Wade is doing EMX 250 with um, VRT KTM. Uh, uh, Joel Rizzi got a new doing something new as well. He hasn't announced it, but I, I think he put something on Instagram saying exciting news coming soon. So I actually, I actually have no idea what he's doing. Um, so that's our, our two prospects. We've got Tom Grimshaw who sent in a quick question. Um. Yeah, I believe Tom's doing more EMX 250 next year. Yeah. Uh, uh, me? I'm at every GP? Uh, I know uh, one of the riders, we helped Louis Kessel. He's going to be hopefully doing some EMX 250. I um I sat on Sterry's bike in Trentino, and unfortunately, that um, the fact that I sat on a bike in a GP paddock kind of pushes me near the top of the list. Oh, it caused a lot of stirring on a bike. There isn't much else going on, so... There was a lot of talk about you on that bike. Literally, as you were literally putting your leg over it, I think Sterry sent me a message. Well, Adam Sterry is blocked from MX Vice. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the best picture, apart from the he's one blocked. with you and Elton John. He's blocked. Adam Sterry's blocked from MX Vice. Uh, you're fine with me, Adam. Nope, blocked. Absolutely fine. Just keep those pictures coming. Adam Sterry is fake news. <laughs> you are Trump. Adam, Adam Sterry's block. Right. Lewis, I've got to wrap it up. I'm feeling weary. I'd like to say... Um, I'd like to say a little something. Okay. First of all, you were the reason there was no show for the last two weeks. I'd just like to... As you've, as you've said. <laughs> I'd like to start by saying, that's on you. 
Um, but I'd like to follow that up with, I'm impressed with your effort in this show. Thank you. I was literally... When I messaged you this morning saying, are you alive enough to do a show? And you said yes. I thought, oh boy, here we go. It's going to be one of those shows where everything I say is met by no one cares and it's going to be a painful shit show. But you seem to have put in some effort. I tried. I tried. You took some of my feedback on board. I did. Nice. Yes. So maybe I'll make a host of you yet? So uh, your feedback was on the even stroke segment, don't repeat the word. Don't echo what I'm saying. Yeah, everyone's bored. You've got to, I've said this to you before, you've got to let things go. I I don't want to. It's like coming up with Phil Microvis and Emma Royds. These things matter. If you think something's funny once, then it's funny. If you think something's funny for the second time, then... <laughs> what, you have to, what you have to remember is for every one person that moans about me, there's 10 people emailing me saying, honestly, keep it up. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they're talking about that specific point. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is people in, the GP, people in the GP paddock just wondered why you were repeating the same thing every week. It's because I'm old. Okay, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got to go. Um, well, I guess we'll be back next week. We are 100% back next week where we're going to talk. All of your tokens for weeks off, I'm afraid. So we're going to be rolling through the cold. Oh, no, I'm, I'm happy to smash it. We've we got a lot to talk about, even in the off-season. And it gives us a bit of a clearer picture with not racing around the world. So um, did you want to discuss... MX Vice, or do you want to save that to next week? I will save that to next week. Let's keep keep on wanting. Well, after I just commended you for the effort you put in, you now seem very desperate to end the show. So no, no, well, I'm just I'm just weary. That's all. Do apologise. Well, I'm going to go well, and have a five hour sleep now. Well, well done for the effort. Thanks, thanks for turning up. Just like to let you know as well, I have yet to find a 2021 replacement for you or a girlfriend. So. At the moment, you are, unfortunately, the favourite to continue in 2021. I am coming into the new year. I couldn't even find a replacement for you for one week, because I did try last week. Yeah. But no one, no, one, no one in Europe is really interested in doing a long podcast. No. No, let's face it, they've got better things to do. Neither are you, to be fair. <laughs> no. I'm just hanging on by a string. I am marching along, really, with this, just trying to keep this on my shoulders by myself. Would be a trumpet blowing at anybody who wants to, you know, look your way. Um, right, we're brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Crossbox, and Talon Engineering. Those guys look like they're going to be back in 2021. If you want to be part of this show, then go and get in contact with Lewis or myself. We would love to welcome new people on board. Or you could get involved in one of the new podcast shows that are coming. Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, next week. Excellent. Great to have you guys on here. And hopefully we can push up those charts in Latvia and climb into the top five. Um, So we'll see you same time next week. Say bye, Liz. See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. 
Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. 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 Show